crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Welcome to episode 28 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, or you might call it episode 1 of the uh, UK Steelers Coronacast. Um, you're joined by me, Simon Stanley, uh, my usual co-host Gavin Marshall, and Rich is back. Rich Cetrone, how you doing, Rich? Hey, guys. It's great to be back. Thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, Dave isn't here, sadly, today. Um, he's he's Is, is he self-quarantining, Gav? Oh um, man, peace and love to Dave. I hope he's all right. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's, he's uh, he sent a message saying he's not feeling great. So, yeah. and obviously, uh, you know, at this day and age, that that causes great concern. But I, I, I'm sure he's just fine. He's, but he, you know, he's feeling a bit under the weather, so we don't want to, you know, force yeah. him to. And, and uh, it, people are already getting sick of the Spanish Inquisition every time they say yeah. they're not well. So yeah. uh, we, we didn't press him. So yeah, hope Dave, if you if you are listening, I hope you hope you're fine. And if you know, all the best, love, peace. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. But, but uh, Rich, man, I mean, uh, you're back. This, some people would be suspicious that you come back at this point. Where have you been? What have you been up to? Have you been working for any governments? What's going on? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a secret uh, government thing that I'm doing that has a lot to do with what's going on. No, I'm just kidding. I, I've been working on a show. And uh, yeah, Disney. Uh, oh, I can say it. I've been, I was working on The Mandalorian. Yeah, I can say I think I think oh, it's open now. Is it changed to the point? Yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah, situations have changed, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Come after you with an NDA now. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that was cool. We'll get into that in a bit. I, I want to know all about that. But yeah, we'll talk about that maybe after after we've got through what we're going to talk about and a bit of football stuff. Um, but yeah. uh, glad to know everyone else is all right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like a new world we're in now. We're we're in a weird situation. I mean, you look at we we recorded like last Monday, right? I think is that right? Me, you, and Dave recorded last Monday. Yeah. And I think we talked a little bit a little bit about the virus then, and you know, it, at that point, it didn't seem like it was too too impactful. I mean, we kind of we didn't laugh it off. I don't think, but we kind of, you know, we looked at well, it maybe as this, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit belligerently. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It, it was distant, right? It was still a distant thing, and then in the space of a week and two days, you know, eight days, it's it's become, you know, a, a, almost a something that swallowed up all of my attention. And you know, I think this week, especially, we were talking about looking at you know a, a certain position group in the draft, and and my attention's been completely spun around. And it just feels almost ridiculous to even concentrate on that kind of stuff now, right? But I know, yeah, I've struggled grinding tape, and yeah, yeah, it's, so, it's tough, yeah. I mean, we'll get into, we will get into a little bit of that, and there's a lot of NFL stuff going on. But I, I think it would be ridiculous to kind of ignore the impact this has on us and and the NFL as well. But yeah, I don't know how how are you dealing with it in terms of uh, you know your day to day life. I know you're down south, and obviously Rich is in in America, so we've all got kind of different perspectives on it. But yeah, I'm adjusting. Um, with, uh, I I my job finished. Uh, couldn't do that anymore um and um my, my daughter's out of school well schools are finished on friday but we actually took my daughter out of school on tuesday because there was some suspected cases mm-hmm. um i think i think i think that's fine I haven't heard any news about that so i think it was just a, a scare but um so we've kind of been lo- we've been kind of in lockdown not not we've not been quarantined so you know we can go out but i just don't see the point 
at the moment. And um, yeah, it's just it's just strange. It's just uh, it's it's hard to express how 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 life changing the thing it is, right? I mean, it's like what can you say about this? So we're all in the same boat. I think it seems like people are up to like everyone's up to speed. At one point, it seemed like some people thought the world was ending, and everyone and another group of society were kind of carrying on like like nothing could change. <laughs> yeah. It seems like everyone kind of realizes you know shit's gone down, and and you better get on board pretty sharpish. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Rich, how, how's things over there? I think it's pretty much the way you just explained it, uh, what you guys are dealing with. It's, um, you know, people, I think people got to the point where they realize, you know, that this, this is a, this is a threat that, you know, it's not, it's not deadly for most people. Um, but everyone needs to be careful because we can all spread it to people that it is deadly to. So they're they're taking it real seriously here. Um, it's it's definitely a different deal. You go out into the roads and there, you know, there's definitely not as much traffic as there usually is. And um, yeah, I'm I'm held up in my house most of the time. I go out maybe to the grocery store, to the bank, um, you know, get dog food and stuff. And that's about it. Other than that, I'm I'm staying home. Because you guys actually did the whole you need to stay apart and you need to stay indoors a bit sooner than us. I think we've only really just. That's kind of only just happened in the last few days for us, it seems. Oh, okay. It's all moved so fast. I kind of, but I think it was only, was it Tuesday that that happened or Monday maybe for us? I think, I remember thinking, all oh, right, America's, was it last week you guys started to work from home and try yeah. not to congregate in groups and stuff? It's been about a week, I think, mm-hmm. where they, you know, were, I think some people were doing it regardless um but it's been about a week that they started announcing that this is what this is what we recommend happens and you know and um i don't know about over there but like the restaurants are all closed here you know you can you can t- you can call in for a takeout order but you can't go in and sit down anymore and yeah you see we're not we're not quite there yet they, they haven't been forced shut it's coming is, it's coming very soon it, yeah right? it's coming and, it, and it's a controversial issue because people are saying you know this it's kind of a halfway house and um, it's kind of people are saying it's, yeah, it's troublesome for insurance and all this kind of thing. But let's let's not get too much into that detail. What I really wanted to say, actually, before we get into more sort of NFL related stuff was just from my personal experience. I wanted to give actually I don't know if you saw on, on uh, Facebook today. So I, I did a little shout out to um, the, the, the supermarket workers. Yeah, I did. And, um, I did uh, see yeah, because I, I saw some things happen. I don't really want to go into what happened. But there were some ugly scenes today that I was really shocked and disturbed to see things, people, violence to each other. It was horrible. And and, and then even though that was going on, other people in the store were shouting at, at the, the, the workers to get lines moving. And, and why aren't people, you know, why is there no toilet roll? All the kind of usual things. And the guys are in there, the, the supermarket workers are in there. They're literally, they're wheeling out pallets of stuff and trying to, they're all sweating they're all, you know, they're, they're, they're so at the wit's end. They're trying to stock the, restock the, the shelves constantly. And people are there, like, waiting for them to open the box and then just grabbing out of the box. And I, I just, I think we've got to recognize that these people are part of this crisis. These, these supermarket workers, they're, they're, like, they're like frontline emergency people because the food at, at the moment is, is an issue and, and getting medicines and all the other stuff. And and these guys, you've got to give them the respect that you would to like an emergency service people because they are doing it like a really important job. So when when I'm seeing these people shouting and being rude and threatening them, I think that's, that that we've got to stamp that out as a society and get on top of that because if 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 the people are doing it to them, they it's going to spread elsewhere. So I, I think you know that, that you just pass this message on to as many people as you can. You know, let's let's really recognise the effort that these guys are doing. 
Yeah. I completely totally. agree. Yeah. I've heard similar things coming from, I spoke to some friends in Manchester where they spoke to a girl, a girl working on the tills at Aldi and, you know, she, she, she was going to the back and crying every couple of hours because of how stressful the situation was and... Yeah, it's too much. We shouldn't be expecting this from these people, but but they are doing it, and they're doing it because they have to, and and they're doing a great service. So yeah, I completely agree with you, Gavin. I think it's it's right what you say that these people are providing an essential service that you know they're probably not going to get recognised for in the same way that a lot of other people are. You know, working in other other jobs that we consider essential. So yeah, and it's really hit home with me because I'm thinking to myself, you know, me in, in the situation that I'm in. I know we're all in very different situations, but you know, I'm thinking if this had happened last year, I'd have been completely stuck i mean I, I was in kind of a temp job last year at this this point last year if this had happened you know in march of of 2019 i'd have been completely stuck i'd have probably been out of a job and had no form of income so you know i'm just blessing my you know blessing my socks that i'm in the situation that i'm in and i've still got a job and i can able to work from home and i know you guys are a bit different because you you know gav yourself you're both self-employed right but um yeah you know Things yeah, are a little it's a bit tricky, different for you, a yeah. Tricky, tricky situation for self-employed. I was chatting to a, a friend of mine today who does the same job as me, and he was saying, you know, I was, I'd kind of sort of budgeted. I'd looked at my, my you know, well, my outgoings and th- things I can cut back and, you know, go to kind of preservation mode, you know, uh, sleep mode, you know, on your rest mode on your laptop. I can do that with my finances. And I was trying to work out maybe I can, you know, I can, you know, we can we can ration our food and we can get through to maybe, you know, the end of summer is, is would be okay. We, we can maybe just about make it there. I know there's some, a lot of people with that were nowhere near that kind of level of comfort. So I really feel for them. But he was saying, you know, you've got to consider in in our business, things might not come back until this time next year. You might be out of work for that long. Things yeah. might not get rolling again. And and that was really like a bucket of water over what I thought was, uh, you know, my kind of survival plan. So I'm really kind of, I, I'm, I'm back to worrying about, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, how are we going to pay for things? But I think at the moment, you just got to focus day to day and yeah. kind of put that out of your head because you can just go down to like various panic yeah. spikes and, and, and about all kinds of stuff in this situation, you know, and I just think that's unhealthy. And, that, and that's what leads to the kind of behavior we're seeing in people, you know, the panic. It's panic. It's, you know, the selfishness. The, the the violence or, or the threat of violence and the, the the aggression it all comes from panic and yep. um we, that you know we need to see uh, governments around the world kind of address issues I've said, I, I don't know if you've seen what Norway are doing but they're, they're taking steps um to kind of pay people everybody money I mean their their society is very differently set up to both the UK and the states but um you know we, I think uh, when they've got the virus under control they're going to have to look at ways of kind of making people feel safe yeah. I think it's important to remember, though. This this is this this all sounds like doomsday stuff, right? But it's important to remember that this is not this is not the end of the world. You know, we've got this is this is people that have got you know this won't last forever. I don't think. I don't think this. I think people are maybe blowing this out of proportion. I mean, this is very important, very serious, and very very disruptive to society, but. This isn't, you know, this isn't the Black Death we were talking about earlier. This isn't going to, you know, be the end of of society as we know it. I think we're going to face some difficult times for a few months. And But the governments, both of our governments, I think, have expressed the idea that people aren't going to be, or they're going to try and do everything they can to stop people from being negatively impacted. And uh, th- there's no point worrying too much. You're absolutely right. Take it day by day. And everyone's in the same boat, right? I think that's the important point. Everybody's yeah. everybody's in the exact same boat. So, you know, you're not the only yeah. one who's concerned about this. And maybe this is yeah, the no, no. for it. Yeah, definitely. But I tell you what I've done to try and limit my, to, to uh, my mental health has improved is I've really tried to limit my 
my exposure to social media yeah. and and just general news. So I, I'm, I don't know. Uh, uh, Boris is doing like a five five p.m. thing, isn't he? Every day he comes on and gives us yeah. a little message. So I'm tuning in for that. And then there's the um, what was formerly the Brexit Cast podcast, which is is was then called News Newscast. And I think they're going to change the name again to something virus related. <laughs> but um, they do that. I think they're doing that. They're doing that quite regularly as well. And and that that's kind of very panic free very kind of dry gets to the nuts and bolts you know looks at the whole world you've got guys in europe you've got you know people with expertise that have science science guys on so that's you know not like what your mate says on twitter that the world's ending or some conspiracy theorist telling you that it was the chinese government it's it's actual stuff that can kind of inform you and, and make you feel a bit calmer and and see things with perspective so i'm kind of filtering everything else out apart from that yeah totally makes sense and i think Listen, look, on the upside, look, you know, South Korea, they, they have, their basketball games are coming back, right? I've heard this week that they're, they're reintegrating, they've, they've kind of flattened the curve, if you will. and uh, So this isn't unbeatable. I don't think they're out of the woods either, I'm not saying that, but, but what I mean is that th- this can be controlled, this can be contained, I think, with the right, you know, the right policies in place. Countries are already showing in China and South Korea that this can be uh, managed in, in a way that, you know, we can beat this pretty effectively so we not we yeah. might not be there yet but you gotta remember we're in the first week of us really taking this seriously so you know things yeah. are going to change and i think it's 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 part of the human condition in in any crisis you you go deep into the depths of despair yes and then yeah. and then good news starts to come and you just you just hope that more good news comes and more good news comes and 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 in the end you you'll have that we'll all we'll all reach a point where we're we're, we're on a road to recovery where, yeah. and, and there is an end so I, I just think at the moment it feels like we're freewheeling and we don't really know what's happening. But I think the structure will come and, and we'll all feel a lot more comfortable than we are right now. Yeah. And I think it will. And, and without further ado, Gav, if you don't mind, I think <laughs> moving on from purely coronavirus related uh, incidents. Strangely, um, the NFL decided that the league year would continue as it is, right? And um, what that resulted in with everything being cancelled, I mean, you know, in soccer, the Premier League's gone. The the Euros are postponed to next year. Eurovision is gone. Um, basketball. Well, this this gone. couldn't have come at a better time for the NFL, right? Exactly right. I Everything mean, is gone, and the, and the NFL's in kind of a prime position where they're in the off season and they can continue this. But this came at exactly the right time that the CBA was approved, right? That, that was proposed. We talked about that a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Um, approved by a very slim margin, might I add, but it was like 51, it was like a bit of a Brexit margin, right? A 51 to 49% kind of um, approval, but it passed and, and, it, and it meant that the new league year could continue with some certainty. There's 10 more years of labour stability in the NFL and it means that free agency has begun. Now, there's a lot to kind of get into with free agency, so I don't, I don't quite know what you want to tackle it, guys, but uh, I, I thought I've got kind of a lot of stuff written down here. I think it'll probably take up probably quite a bit of time in this episode, to be honest, to kind of go through, first of all, what the Steelers have done, um, as little as it might be, but there's still a lot to go over, and then also some yeah. wider implications for the league. But before we even get into yeah. that, I mean, the CBA, it's a big yeah. deal, right? Yeah, I mean, the 17th game, that's that's huge, right? I mean, and that huge. itself yeah. is a, a massive change. And the, the one thing, the kind of hidden thing I don't like about it, it's more football, which I'm, you know, I'm not against, I'm for, but the thing I don't like about it is it, it makes season records completely irrelevant <laughs> yeah and you know for a guy that likes you know a bit of legacy we've had 16 games for a long time this kind of 
this is again is a, a a change, a dimension shift, and I'm not sure that's what that's one thing I don't like. Yeah, I think I'm on record as saying that I hate the proposal for the 17th game, and I hate the proposal for the seventh seed for the playoffs as well. I've made this clear. Rich, we're not spoke to you since this got brought up. What do you think about these proposals in the CBA? I don't, I don't like the 17th game for a number of reasons, and, and a big one is the one that Gavin just explained. You know, I, re- I remember when a thousand yards for a running back was really meant something when they had 12 game seasons and then they went up to 14 game seasons and it really meant something. And now it's just like, you know, it just it just skewers the records, you know, so much. Mm. And, and I just, you know, I don't like the extra game because of the, the injury aspect. That's, you know, towards the end of the season, that's when you, you you'll start seeing like the beginning and the end is when you really see the most injuries. And these guys are beaten down by that point. It's all they can do just to get into, through the playoffs, you know. But you know, the the, the owners they're not gonna they're not gonna give up a uh, exhibition game without gaining something, right? So it's not like they can just make the game safer and just say, "Hey, we're only gonna have two exhibition games." But now they gotta they gotta add on to the regular season so they keep their money, you know. So I I don't like it, you know. But it, like like you guys said, it is more football, so it's not the worst thing that could happen in the world. But I think overall, I don't I don't think it's the best thing for the game. Yeah, I mean the the other problem with it is, uh, you know, for your for your fantasy team. I mean, what we've got an extra playoff spot. Are you are we going to see just is it just going to be an extra week of meaningless games? That's the problem. Where t- with teams have already qualified, teams haven't qualified. It doesn't make any difference what what the outcome is. Yeah, so, you know, is, is it actually less competitive? The seventh, the seventh season. Bringing, you're moving essentially an exhibition game from the start of the season to the end of the season. The seventh seed for me is the major argument for that. I mean, when was the people keep bringing up these like seven seeds that they think would have made a real impact on the playoffs? And I'm just well, if you're the seventh seed, you'd have no business being in the playoffs. I mean, I barely even believe that the sixth seed has any business being in the playoffs. I mean, the Titans might prove me wrong last year, maybe, but. Normally, it feels like the sixth seed is just a complete also ran. So, why are we adding another team into that mix? I, I don't know. I really hate that. that. That's the big, even more than the seventeenth game. I think the seventh seed is is the the thing that really grinds my gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know it's the NHL is like that. You know, unless you're really really a bad team, you, you usually make the playoffs. Um, but it, it, yeah, it just cheapens it a little bit. You know, um, I'm glad the regular season, right? A little bit. Yeah, I think so. But I, I am glad about the six seed, or we wouldn't have won uh, Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think you're right. I, I think this is just, it just cheapens the regular season a bit, and it just. Eh. I, I like it the way it is right now, as far as the playoff structure. I think they should have just kept it the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the draft's not being delayed yeah so that was the other thing with the virus implications I thought the draft was going to be the first thing to go uh, and it kind of was in that they've taken away the traditional uh, you know it's not it's going to be in Vegas this year right it's going to be on the Bellagio uh, which I was quite looking forward to actually on the Bellagio fountain yeah. Um, but now we we don't quite know yet what's going to happen there's been some I've heard it I've heard it's people various people say describe it it's going to be the the coolest fantasy football draft you ever watched <laughs> and, and i'd be fine with that i mean what i don't want is just roger goodell sitting there announcing the picks as he comes into his earpiece every 15 minutes which you know i, I don't think the nfl will accept because i think they're, they're capable of producing something much more entertaining than that but 
Um, I'm glad that it's happening on the same day. I'm glad that they're able to continue because in reality, the draft doesn't need to be a big event, does it? But but it is, and it will be sad not to have all the fans there and the Vegas thing. Uh, look I, cool, I don't but... know, man. I mean, you you got probably since before you were watching. I remember when the draft was quite dry, and 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 now I mean, it's I, yeah. Look, I mean, I miss the radio. It has city it music has hall. become yeah. more yeah, but even in the in the very early days of. Of me watching, it was it was it was there, but it was it was a very different experience. It was there was no fan, you know, all those, the fans were kind of tucked away, or you know, there was very little uh, kind of experience for. And if you've got any, I don't know, family members watching with you, there was nothing for them. It was just very dry. Whereas now it seems it, it, they they kind of introduced the, the more kind of entertainment aspect to it, and it works on a level. So I I I, I like the work, what they what they built up to up till now with that. But yeah, this will change everything, and, and maybe this will change everything going forward if I don't know, things will change. I mean, one of the biggest changes is the fact that the the the, the social distancing means that a lot of players, um, uh, their drafts are going to be impacted, especially those with medical questions or, or um, you know, needed to prove things at pro days because those pro days aren't happening. So yeah. you know, certain certain players run a forty because they were going to save it for their pro day. There's no there's no recorded forty for them, and they're not going to run a forty. You know. Right. It's, Think this, this is going to have impacts, and I think when we get into the, you know, the position group, we're going to sort of gloss over a bit later. There's some players there that that their their draft stock's going to sink because they were going to answer those questions at their pro days or 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 in team meetings or, you know, uh, like the biggest example is Tua, right? I mean, Tua, you know, it all comes came down to his he was going to hold a late late workout, right, to prove that his hip was fixed, and um, he he can't do that anymore. So his, his draft his draft process is a mystery. Yeah, I think two is going to be fine. I think two is going to be just fine. <laughs> I think two yeah. is going to go top five anyway. But to counter that, to, yeah. to give a bit of positive angle, what I've heard some other people say is that this could be the first NFL draft for years which is conducted purely off, off the tape. You, yeah. You're not going to. It's, it's going to be a tape draft, not a, a workout warrior so much, not a you know a measurables guy. People rising late through hype. It's just going to be about the tape, so it's going to be a very different. You know what? What someone like you know Dirty Red that's just left the Steelers, he, he you know could he have been drafted higher in a draft like this because his tape was so great, and you know you don't you don't bring him in, you don't work him out, you don't see that he's maybe hasn't got the the kind of the size and the the you know the the measurables that ultimately limited him. Yeah, I don't know, it's just it'll something I was thinking about. Anyway. It'll be an inter- it'll be a very interesting study. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I, I mean, the draft is still going to take place on when is it? The twenty fourth of April or, or something? Twenty third of April. So um, you know, I, I'm just glad it'll stick to that that process and we can deal with it as, as is. And you know, we'll get to it as we go along. But but there's a lot to talk about in free agency, right? Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot to talk about NFL wise in free agency, but there's also which way do you want to go first? Do you want to go well, to I, I think. Do you want to talk? Well, let's let, let's mention what the Steelers did first, and then we'll get into some of the sort of the the, the wider uh, sort of NFL implication free agency stuff, which has been, I mean, vast at this point. Um, does that sound good to you? Yeah. Okay. So, so it, it all started with the Steelers, the Steelers tagged Bud Dupree, right? Franchise tagged Bud Dupree, as we expected after the uh, the CBA was approved and, and everything was understood. Now, I should probably preface this by saying I haven't gone to the same. The same depth and the same, you know, academic research that I did last time with the the cap situation, because I, if you remember, I laid that out 
uh, I mean, it must be well, like I don't. Sort of... I don't think the guys are over the cap have either, because I've I've been looking at that, and that I think it's fair to say they've been distracted because it's not been updated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very I difficult. Think they've been out yeah. hoarding various things. Cause, di- uh, yeah, it, it, but it's slow. You need the details to come out because yeah. you know you see that you see the signing figures that these players come up on your when you're looking at you know uh, Ian Rappaport's thing. They're not the real figures. That, that, no. You know, that's all the figure just bundled in. You need to you need to wait a while for the it's real the kind cap, of guarantees and everything. Yeah, and the bonuses and what they've done prorated and all that. So you, you can't you can't really tell. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so I mean I think because the CBA was passed, though it's fair to say that there's been a little bit of flexibility freed up for the Steelers to kind of um, do a few things they probably couldn't have done based on that original uh, computation, if you will, of the cap. So what that meant was that Bud Dupree could be tagged, and it also meant that they could restructure a few guys. So they restructured Ben, they restructured uh, Stephen Nelson, they restructured Joe Hayden, I believe. Um, am I missing anyone out there? They uh, restructured a few guys, I think. Um, uh, and obviously that's freed up a, a little bit of cap space. I, I haven't McDonald's, got any kind of a... Extended McDonald, did you say that? What's that, sorry? Vance, did you say Vance? Oh, I was just talking about the restructures, but they've extended Vance. Right, okay. so. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's extended and restructured so that his cap hits a bit smaller. Right, I'm with you. Okay, so, so that because, means... Which they, couldn't, which they couldn't... Sorry, I keep interrupting you. That's which right. they couldn't have done before the CBA, right? Because yeah. the, the, if the CBA hadn't assigned, they wouldn't have been able to make some of these moves because that was the end of the league year. End of the... Um, sorry, the, uh, the agreement. So you couldn't push things beyond it. But because that got signed, it meant they could do some things which really saved them, actually. Like extend Vance. I think if they hadn't signed it, if that had been rejected, Vance was a goner. Yeah, I think it's a good thing that you're sticking around. Really, I mean, in terms of of need, and we'll get to that in a second. But I mean, that was one of the big question marks, right, of whether he would still be here next year. And I think it's probably good to have some depth there. So, so that's exciting. But so we also meant that we had to sort of experience a few a few cuts as we expected. I mean, some of the guys we expected to go, Matt Byron left. Uh, Chicolo left. Uh, Johnny Holton left as well, which maybe was a bit of a surprise that he went so early, but but he's gone. Uh, anyone Holog- there? Kind hologram of su- hands. Hold yeah, on. <laughs> one catch a week. Uh, anyone there? Kind of surprise you or, or? I was slightly disappointed to see Baron go. I know a lot of people would probably disagree with me over that. Um, I think it creates, especially with Dirty Red going, I think it creates a need at linebacker now, probably as big a need as there is. Yeah, 100%. I think Barron improved towards the end of the year, right? And I think if maybe if we had a little bit more cap space and he wasn't such an attractive uh, cap casualty, then, you know, he might have been a candidate to stay. But unfortunately, you know, given the situation we're in and given, you know, what we probably need to do in the draft, I think he's a guy that had to go. I don't think there was much question about that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tricky. Go on, sorry, Rich. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gavin. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think what really did him in is he wasn't super effective for the Steelers. I think he was a bit of a disappointment. And his skill set is similar to Bush. And you want, you know, you, you need your rookie to get, you know, take that big leap forward in his second season. He's going to need more playing time. And Barron cut into his into his playing time. Um, and, and the money that they saved on the cap. I mean, you put all those together. I, I think I think it was a foregone conclusion that he, he was gone. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I just, you're right. I mean, I guess, I guess he was a, a insurance policy for Bush not working out, or you know, per, perhaps injury. But it just, my my worry is that I, I don't know whether they're going to do something in free agency. But the draft class is kind of, uh, kind of a bit. Um, 
this top heavy right of, of inside linebackers we haven't, I haven't we haven't dived massively into the tape but as far as i as far as i know there's kind of three good prospects sort of ready starters and then the rest are kind of a little bit lower down maybe a bit more limited role players um players like Malik Harrison who is like a really really great kind of Vince Williams type player but you know it's not a complete linebacker so I, I don't know maybe there maybe there's some guys there they've got their eyes on I don't know but it does I think it does create a bit of a need yeah for sure yeah it, it kind of throws our draft coverage uh, on its head a little bit right mm. uh, especially with the Vance restructure yeah yeah I mean that and you know look look at our situation at guard all of a sudden yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a guy. There's a guy I, I found in this in 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 my in a sort of fairly distracted watching of tape. There is one guy that I suddenly have suddenly. He's my red star guy for this. Oh, for this. I was, I'll be yeah. curious to see if it's the same as mine. Because okay, there's someone I'm looking at. Okay. Well, we'll get to onto that in a minute. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's racing ahead. Um, go on, sorry. What, yeah. what have you got next? Yeah. So before we do that, yeah. So we should probably mention. You mentioned obviously. The offensive line situation. So, Ramon Foster retires, uh, right, and uh, and BJ Finney leaves for Seattle, which leaves us all of a sudden. Well, a... I think at this point we're not certain because they've still got a chance to he they can go back to BJ Finney with a higher offer, right? Oh, is... so, so because he's been because of the tender, because of the tender that he's. I think it's is it nine point eight million or something. They 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 uh, they offered him eight or something. Seattle have offered nine point eight. He can still. It's not signed. It's not signed until tonight. So it, we, by the time this podcast goes out, this could be old news. But he could actually still go. No, I don't want the more money. I want to go back to Seattle. It happens every year. Oh, sorry, I want to go back to the Steelers. It happens every year. There's a couple of players that get contracts announced on Twitter, and then actually they end up not doing it. Right. So okay. he is. He is. He's a candidate where that could potentially happen. I'd be surprised if we could. I mean, we're not going to be able to pay him anymore, right? So it'd be very much a case of. Uh, it'd be turn away from a lot of money right it's not that much money. i mean obviously one 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 point something million is a lot of money to most people but the, dif- the difference there you know maybe uh, it depends on his personal situation how he feels if we want to take the pay cut they obviously the opening now that is is there on the o-line you know that could be tempting for him but obviously if, if seattle are prepared to pay him that sort of money then yeah. they, they must consider him as a, you know they think of, he's in their plans too but I guess that you know he's got 24 hours to make that decision or whatever. So we'll we'll see. But but if we were to assume that that Finney leaves, then then that leaves us with a kind of an open slot at left guard. The suggestion is that Matt Filey, who played most of last season at right right tackle, would be kind of shifted inside to that left guard slot. He did play one game there last season, and then obviously that would kind of leave us with Zach Banner, who signed a one year deal with us uh, recently, um, reporting is eligible, uh, or Chuck's Corafor. Can I get can I get a confirmation that's pronounced that's, correctly? That yeah. was good. That Thank was you. good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what... I think that was actually spot on. <laughs> one of those two guys would be. He went Chuck, so not the first name, but. Yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> of those Woolman. two. So yeah, so Chucks or, or Zach Banner would be uh, kind of competing for that tackle slot, but but uh, that leaves me a little bit a little bit concerned in, in terms of that all line depth because the all line has always been one of the strengths here, and, and we saw last year we struggled a little bit with with the run game at times, and obviously. We'll get on to something that we've dealt with uh, in terms of the run game in, in a minute, but uh, the O line I think has been a strength, and it's always important to deal with the the um, the trenches first. I think in an NFL team, I'm a strong advocate of dealing with the trenches before you even deal with any other position on the, on the team. 
Um, so you're, you're a front-to-back guy rather than a back-to-front. Definitely. You're not, you're and I, not I th- absolutely, and I think that, that's proved out a lot of the time. And I th- Especially on offense. I think offensive line is, is supremely important. Uh, unless you've got a, a really, really game-changing guy at quarterback who can just kind of negate an offensive line uh, and their shortcomings. I think it, it's so important for any team's success. I think you've got to start there, and I think that's the reason that we've been able to compete. I know we've struggled the last couple of years record-wise, but I think the reason that we've always been relevant is because the offensive line has been so competent um, for such a long period of time. And we've got such stalwarts, you know, you've got you know, David DiCastro and, and Ramon Foss has been there so long. And, you know, it's been, it's been a line that stuck around for a while. Right. And it's a concern yeah. to see that, that split apart. It is. Yeah. It's a big change. But um, yeah. So, so, so does that potentially leave us with, Maybe you know we've been talking about tight end as being the number one need at the second round pick. Is maybe left guard or, or offensive line the most? I th- I think it's muddied the waters. Yeah. Yeah. I think tight end, tight end. If it seems like you know that's kind of set. That that that's kind of settled. They've obviously thought that Vance is better a better option than anything in the draft. You know maybe they'll get they'll pick someone up. Maybe like a Pinkney in the later rounds. But um, <laughs> I think I think I think they can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they can, uh, you know, concentrate on other prospects because I think the tight ends will all fall anyway. So they'll have the pick of the bunch, I think. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe give me a Devin uh, Assi Assi over a yeah. <laughs> over oh, a Colby Parkinson, my oh, guys. <laughs> did um, you, have you been watching any? Did you? Uh, I don't know if you did. You have you anything to say about the tight end group? We've been talking about them at length, which seem, now seems frivolous due to the fact that they probably won't draft one. But um, did you? Do you have? You got any guys you like, Rich? Um, I, you know what? I haven't been able to watch much cause I've been working. It's my first week, uh, that I, that I haven't worked on the show. Um, so I haven't looked into him too much, but I still like Troutman a lot. I mean, I, I I'm really impressed with that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think what you guys uh, alluded to, I, I agree you know, it's definitely muddied the waters. And I think if you have a good value guy at, at that, at that second round pick, when we draft at, at an offensive line, you know, you're not, you're not reaching at all. I say, you got to, you got to do it. I mean, you know, I think you're right that they will move uh, filer or feeler back to guard and put, you know, put one of the two banner uh, chucks in there. But, you know, BJ Finney was real, man. You never really worried when having that guy because he's he was so good at coming in and 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 replacing somebody if they were injured he's solid like he wasn't the strongest guy in the world but great technique quickness and and solid and you, you knew he was he wasn't going to embarrass you you know so i i really do think they got to look strong at, at that o-line position for their first pick yeah Perfect timing for our draft analysis. If only we hadn't been distracted by a worldwide crisis, we would have been able to do a bit more work on it. <laughs> well, so we'll, we'll get into that, Gavin. I think you, you've probably done more work than any of us on that. <laughs> but um, Derek Watt, have you got any thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a great a great signing. I, do, I, I wonder whether this was influenced by the, 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 the fact that Nick's got injured mm. and... Um, that that impacted the, the 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 kind of the size of the playbook, the the fact that there's a 55 man roster now. Maybe it's feasible you could carry those two those two extra spaces. It'd probably be like would they be special teamers? And with position versatility, could you could you carry two fullbacks? 
I, I'd, I'd hate to see Nick's go. I don't think we carry too far. I think this is Nick's gone, unfortunately. But when you see them as core special teamers, you've lost Johnny Holton, who's, you know, I mean, yeah, they play different roles on special teams, but you, you, you've got to think those bottom ends of the roster are for special teamers. Mm. Ultimately, they're not going to be starters. So Nick's to an extent, yeah, special but... teams captain, and then you've got Watt who can come in and do some great things on special teams, and then you've got a fullback and a, a backup fullback. I mean that, or, or two fullbacks. You can do some creative run game stuff. The, the the line has been, you know, the blocking up front has been questionable. Maybe you do some, you know, the league's moving more to fullback play, and you, you don't want you don't want your fullback to go down because then you you're screwed. You can't do anything. Yeah, I don't maybe. Know, that's what I hope. Maybe. I mean, I'd love to see Nick still on the roster. I mean, you saw last year. The run game really suffered when Nick's was injured, right? And he was injured for so much of the year last year. And I think that's that's exactly why they've brought uh, Watt here, right? Derek Watt has been brought in be- for that exact reason because we faced such a problem last year when when Rosie Nick's was down, and it affected our run game so much that uh, I saw an interesting tweet from Mark Caballi actually this this week that, that said that I think I think it was who is it that we hate on Twitter? Uh, Matt Madden, the the stupid radio. Guy, that's Dave. That's Dave. Dave hates him. Well, he? I hate him as well. He's he's an idiot. Yeah. But no, but I mean, I, I I don't I don't follow him, so I don't see him. Okay, well that's that's smart. Don't follow him because he's a moron. But but the problem is he he came out he came out the other day complaining that we only signed Derek Watt because obviously his brothers with uh, TJ Watt uh, accusing the Steelers and nepotism. I mean. What an insane, ridiculous thing to say! But why are you even listening to this guy? That's a rubbish. I, I take. know, I know, I know. The rubbish takes continue, but Carl, I, I continue to complain. <laughs> 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 Sorry, but uh, the point is that, that Mark Cavalli made a great point on the back of this, saying that we only actually pay one hundred and thirty thousand pounds more on the cap this year as a result of signing Derek Watt, as opposed to what we would have. Uh, for Rosie Nix, assuming that he was on the roster, so so what I'm saying is, if we cut Rosie Nix and we keep Derek Watt, what then you know the cap difference is fairly minimal because a lot of people. Are Either of them are particularly expensive, really. No, yeah, exactly. But but the complaint was why we signed a fullback when we're in the situation that we're in uh, against the cap, as we spoke about a few weeks ago. But but in re- in reality, it makes very little difference if indeed we do cut Rosie Nix. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm happy with it. I think it's important to have a guy who's there. It showed what what an impact a fullback would have on this team, and I think it's important to have it there and it to be consistent. Obviously, Rosenick's got some injury issues, so as sad as I am to see him go, as I think that he will, um, you know, I think we need that position to be filled long term. Yeah, but I mean, he's old, he's older than he's quite old, isn't he? How, how old is he? Okay. Is it his first year of eligibility? Who's that? Derek, what? Yeah, uh, I don't. Know. I remember him being drafted, so he can't be too too old. How old yeah. do you think he is? How old? How, how old is Rosie? Nick? I just don't think he's like that much older than Rosie, is he? Oh, I, I don't. Know. I'm not Maybe really. I'm wrong. Uh, Twenty-seven. Yeah. So neither of them are at the end of their careers. So. Uh, no, but I just yeah. think Rosie Nix is is a little bit struck by injury. Do you think it's that... injury concerns? Yes. He's, he's, yes. he's only this year, isn't it? Or this past year that he was injured. I don't. I don't particularly remember him being. Being down that much? Yeah, it was nagging injuries, though. I think was the concern. I don't know. I mean, like I say, it's very much a case of these guys cost a very similar amount, and they obviously think that that maybe what has a higher upside on the team than than Rosie does. And, and yeah, that's a shame. I mean, I, I love Rosie Nix, but well, you know. I think something to consider is you know they lost Matejkovic, right? Mm-hmm. He's their special teams ace. Well, Derek Watts is a special teams ace himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
he had the same amount of tackles as Matejkovic last year. I, I really think that's what prompted this this move. That's the hidden value, right? Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget that Dirty Red is going to hand the dirty batter on to Dirty Rob. Rob, big Rob Spillane's going to step up this year. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And, uh, and and then you got UG3 as well. So I think I, I'm not worried about special teams so much. I, I'm sad to see Dirty Red go though. He's been great. But is is there a better team for him to fit? What a fit the Bills. He doesn't need to seem like a Bills kind of guy. Yeah, hard yeah. nose guy. Yeah. yeah. I've been to that stadium and it it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I wish him like I'm glad he got paid. He deserves it. He plays well. He plays hard. You know, he's got. And he, he has been paid, right? I, mean, I haven't got the, the the details in front of me, but I seem to remember that being a pretty hefty contract for a guy like Markevich. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise you're not going to play a pay a special teamer like that. Yeah, you know, it's they they must see more from him. Maybe they've seen there was he. I thought he did okay when he was you know playing inside linebacker. They must they must like him, obviously. Hmm. Okay, so Gav, I, I'm going to run through a few kind of quick shot um, Steelers things before we get to the next bit to avoid this taking too, too long. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Mike Hilton, we keep him. Uh, we we signed to, or at least we think we do, we signed him to a second round tender. It looks like he's staying on the team. I was a little bit concerned about him leaving, but he's staying on the team for another year, at least uh, just over three million uh, next year. Good move. One of the best nickel corners in the game at the minute, so I'm pretty happy about that. Yep, yeah, great. Ah, I've just seen Steelers release fullback Roosevelt Knicks. So oh. there you go. That, that, <laughs> that ends well, that conversation. Uh, yeah, it does indeed. If only they'd done that 15 minutes so, earlier, eh? Yeah, you were correct. <laughs> well, that's a shame. I, I'll be sad to see Rosie Nix go. I think, oh, he, he, he was a great guy. I, I, I loved Rosie Nix. He was a great he was a great player, a great team guy. But I suppose when we move on to the new uh, Derek Watt era, right? Extended Cameron Canada or re-signed him. That was going to be the next hit on the, uh, the old round the... <laughs> Round the Steelers podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, any hot takes on the Cameron Canada extension, Gav? Uh, it seems okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? He snaps the ball. He doesn't cause me any problems. I think that's the most I can uh, expect from him. Um, Javon Hargrave, unfortunately, has left us as we anticipated. He signed with the Eagles for uh, $13 million a year over three years. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a monster contract. Insane nose tackle contract. He's the second highest paid nose tackle after... Uh, um, uh, oh, that's just slipped my mind. Uh, the Rams. Um, Donald. Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald, thank you. Um, yeah, crazy, right? I mean, listen, we never could have kept him, sadly. He's just, you know, in a three technique, he's, we don't we don't really require him, sadly. He's not playing enough snaps, but... Man, what, what a player for a third-round pick, right, from a few years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, so really, really sad to see him go. But you know, I mean, fair play to him for for making bank at the Eagles, and hopefully he has a a thriving career over there. But it, that was the one that hit me the hardest, I think, in terms of it was really sad to see that. I, I was upset to see him go. Uh, we we were all prepared for seeing. Yeah, I, we I knew think he was I'm going. a bit more upset about Knicks or, or Dirty Red. I'm thinking I'm more upset about those guys because I, I was kind of convinced that they would be sticking around. They kind of feel like a kind of you know the character of the team. Okay. We knew Hargrave was going. All right, all right. We get it. You're a hipster, Gav. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the last thing I have is Shazier's placed on the reserve retired list uh, once again as a matter of protocol to keep him on the team. Uh, 
How long does uh, Shazia stick around on the roster? Uh, every year I kind of see him sticking around on the, on the bottom end of the, the Steelers app on the roster. And, and fair play, I'm glad he's still there and he's still a part of the team. He seems to be a positive influence on the team as a whole. But, you know, I, I'm so upset. I, I remember Shazier and, and how well he played when he when he was first drafted in the first couple of years. And, I, man, I miss him on the field. I, I don't think we're at the point where we ever expect him to come back, right? But, man, I wish he would. I don't think he's given up the hope. He hasn't, no. Yeah, that, that's the top. But uh, can you see it? I mean... I'm not sure if I want to see it. I mean, I'd like the player. I'd like Ryan Chazier, the pre-injury player, back. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if I want a player who's was nearly paralysed to be risking that for the sport. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. How do you feel, Rich? What do you think about that situation? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I miss the guy a lot. Uh, he was one of my favorite Steelers, and but um, I, I don't think he'll be able to come back. I think he would have. He probably if he if he was physically able to, I think he would have probably made more progress by now. And and I agree that um, you don't want to see the guy come back because because why risk it over over a game that's only a small portion of your life when you think about you know the total life of a human being. You know, this is a very small portion, and he has a lot of life left. He has a family. You know, don't don't risk it. You know, and he and, and the Roonies are great. You know, they're going to keep him a part of that organization as long as he wants to be. You know, so yeah. I, I I would hope that he doesn't you know ever get to that point where he feels like he can come back. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd I'd like to see him on the staff, the coaching staff, or something. That would be you know, hopefully he's you know he's got that in him that he could do that, and then he can find a, a new career where he's you know something to. Because he's obviously a, a positive, a net positive, positive to the team. So, Definitely. yeah, hope, hopefully it can do something. Okay. Now, now, lastly, before we move on to kind of other areas of the league, is there anyone left in free agency as we move on to this kind of final stage of free agency after the first few days um, that you think the Steelers might be in the market for any lower lower value guys? I'm seeing people talk about maybe receivers or, or, or offensive linemen. Anyone that you sort of see out there still available? I don't know why anyone is signing. The, I've seen some of the names come up of free agency wide receivers. Why? Why? <laughs> we lost you there, Gav, but I enjoyed how upset you were. Why are you paying these people? Am I back? <laughs> hello, hello. Am I yeah, back? Am you're I back. back. Sorry, buddy. What was that? All right. No, I was saying I can't believe anyone. Why I see some of these names, like the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots do Patriots things, but some of the names you see them popping up of wide receivers that are getting contracts in free agency. I'm thinking, why, why are you going after these guys when there's such a deep wide receiver class? I mean, we had to do two podcasts to evaluate the talent, and we didn't even <laughs> scratch the surface. Really, there's so, so much talent there. Just, just get a five-year deal out of these. Like, sign two, like draft two of these wide receivers if you want, and and get go somewhere else in free agency. I don't, I don't understand it myself. So that's a wholehearted yep. no from Gavin. <laughs> yes, definite no from wide receiver. <laughs> so, so nobody else in free agency available. No one, no one that gets me excited. No, no. Out at you. Okay. I'm sure there. I'm sure there'll be some squad players. You know, the Steelers generally do their business towards the end of the end of the free agency period, and they usually fill a plug a few go, a few holes. So there are no needs on um, on draft night. So perhaps they will chase after a, a, an interior line guy so that they they're not feeling exposed. Yeah, I can I can see that. Okay, without further ado, 
let's open it up to some of the the crazy league stuff that's gone on this week. Um, so Tom Brady's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, Rich? I did not see that coming. I, I thought the Colts would make a strong play for him because they're so much under the salary cap. They can certainly afford him, and they have a team that can win now. I, I was really surprised that they didn't make a stronger effort to get Brady. But um, I mean, they've gone with Rivers. Is, is, yeah, is, is Rivers in a, in a in a uh, is Brady's decline? Is he further into his decline than Rivers? You know, not not that I could see from their play on the field. I, I I thought Rivers took a big step backwards last year. You know, him he's getting to that age. You know, he 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 was in the draft class with you know Manning and Ben and you know, but you know Brady's even older. But I think Brady's preserved his 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 game a little little more. Although he he didn't look fantastic last year. Um, I just think you know with you know with the experience he can bring to that team. The Colts team is a young young team and. Um, he's a winner, you know, Rivers has been great, but he's never won a Super Bowl. And, and I think Brady would have just brought much more to the table, but you know, he could, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The Buccaneers certainly have very talented wide receivers, you know, much more yeah. talent than he's had at, at, New, at New England, you know, so it could, it could be very interesting. The, the Colts are kind of one of those teams that don't get much media attention even even when Manning was there they still weren't kind of the kind of big teams right and it, it seems to me anyway they do, do you think they kind of didn't want that attention you know the kind of people willing them to fail because they wanted to prove that Brady was no good outside of Billichek you know and there's gonna you know the Bucks are gonna be under Brady's gonna be under the spotlight this this season right I mean it's gonna be it's going to be like, you know, when RG3 came back, everyone's going to be talking about it all off-season. That's all they're going to be talking about, Brady and the Bucks. So maybe that's that's the only thing I can think of why they would go Rivers and not Brady. I mean, maybe. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I just don't, uh, I, I don't see it. Like, I mean, that's possible. I, I, I just don't see a strong enough argument there to pass on that opportunity. I mean, how 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 many times in a in a organization's history that are they going to get an opportunity like this? You know, because they they need a quarterback. I mean, you could arguably say I don't think he's the best of all time, but most people will tell you he's the best of all time. And and even somebody at his age, the best of all time is still better than most. You know, so and like I said, that experience in winning, he's a winner. You know, so what a great opportunity for, for a young team that, 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 that has Super Bowl aspirations and, and is right there in the mix to get. And they, you know, they, just, they didn't go for it. I mean, it, it does kind of call back of, uh, Favre going to the Vikings and, um, uh, and, and the other one's Montana going to the chiefs. I mean, neither of those guys really had great success there, did they? Where they, where they moved at that kind of final stage after being so amazing. Well, Favre uh, almost took the Vikings to the Super Bowl one year. Yeah, they had one. Yeah, but that's what you're getting. You're getting a one-year kind of. Mm-hmm. Right. But that was kind of sullied in your mind by the fact that he was betrayed the Green Bay Packers because of the fan bases and everything. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's really. I mean, do, 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 what do you think? Do you think it'll work out for the Colts or for the Buccaneers? For the Bucks. For the Bucks. Sorry. I, I think they're immediately a better football team. For sure. Jameis Winston's just, you know, he, he just has so many accuracy problems and he just doesn't make good decisions with the ball. 
So I think they can't help but be a better football team right off the bat, and it's going to really come down to what their defense can do, I think, because I think you know it's a, it's a big step forward for their offense. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point, Rich, actually, because I, I hadn't really thought about that. I, I've been quite critical of this move because I, I didn't think that Tom Brady was the answer for the books and that or the, the books were the answer for Tom Brady, frankly. Um but but that's an interesting point. That, that I suppose they probably are better off with with Brady, even you know in his age forty three season, than they were with with a thirty interception Jameis Winston. But I, I don't know. Do you not think that that with the books, the way they're set up? I mean, they've got they've got Goodwin and and Mike Evans. They're, they're quite like a deep team, and and Tom Brady doesn't throw the ball all that deep anymore, right? Um. I, I, what? Yeah, but is that because of the system he was in? I mean, because the only time they really threw the ball deep consistently is with Moss. So was that more about personnel with Belichick adjusting the team to personnel or was that Brady's arm? Yeah, maybe. I, mm-hmm. I just think an age 43 quarterback, we've never seen it before. I mean, this is unprecedented territory, right? Yeah. So yeah. who knows? I mean, I mean, listen, it would be the most Brady fucking thing of all time, right? <laughs> to, oh my God. to show up and win a Super Bowl with Tampa. I mean, that would be, that would be it. I mean, be, I'd, I'd oh, submit to the virus. Prediction there, sorry. I would submit to the saying. virus if that is what I... <laughs> <laughs> with you Simon because <laughs> I'm one of those guys that have you know because there seems to be two fronts on this is the the Belichick people and the Brady people and I'm one of those guys that think you know you can you can chalk up most of the Patriots success if you're going to pick one person to Belichick I think it's Belichick I know. agree yeah but you know you do have a, a lot of people that believe it's Brady that he was the main reason they won those so it's going to be interesting to see and yeah if, if Brady wins a Super Bowl at Tampa Bay I, I may just end End it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so interested to see what the uh, the Pats are going to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. are they going to stick with uh, Stidham? I can't see it. I think they might. Gonna... I, I think they're in. Although I think they're in the uh, the conversation for a first round quarterback at this stage. Are they, think... are they now in the Jordan Love? Yeah, exactly. The Justin Herbert Jordan Love conversation yeah. for maybe a trade or yeah, who knows? Could be. You know, right now Belichick's looking at uh, Kraft and going, "You see, you see why I wanted to keep Garoppolo? You understand now?" Mm. Yeah. There's all those wild rumors a couple weeks ago about trading uh, Garoppolo for Brady and all that. That was the most obnoxiously ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That's that was never going to happen. That was when no one's got anything to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't happen now. Um, the, after that, I mean, that, that became the biggest news. But the biggest news before that was the fact that um, Bill O'Brien forgot that he was the GM of the uh, the Houston Texans. Um, can, I, can I pause you right there? Of course you can. I, I, do you remember my friend Aaron that's in the Fantasy Football League? And, yes. he, and he, he sent him some intel about the, the Cardinals. He sent me this message about well, before I'd seen it on uh, on uh, on Twitter or anything, right? Because I was working. I just see this like audio message pop up on my phone. Like, why, why, what's this? Arizona acquire DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans and a fourth round pick for David Johnson, a 2021 second round pick and a fourth pick. Holy fucking shit. I think that kind of sums it up pretty well, right? Now, we've seen in the last couple of, sort of, well, the last day, really, we've seen sort of more and more reports come out about why this happened. But initially when this came out, this was the most insane thing I'd ever seen. I mean, <laughs> this pops up on my phone just before the Brady news. And I still kind of thought this was more ridiculous. That 
that DeAndre Hopkins had been traded for. I mean, forget all the other nonsense. I mean, yeah, okay, so they've thrown David Johnson in, but he really has negative trade value because of his contract, right? I mean, he does not play to how much he's going to have to be paid, uh, sadly, at this point. I mean, I'm sure the Texans see something in him that they can do with him, but he really is not anything to, to pay any attention to in this trade in terms of value. Uh, so, so what they effectively get here is a second round pick, right, for for DeAndre Johnson. Is that right? DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. Uh, DeAndre mean, Hopkins, uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, a fourth, isn't it? Was it a fourth? Well, well, they gave oh, up a, a second. And a fourth, and a second. Yeah, and a, they gave up yeah. a second. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think you can discount Johnson. I think I think there it, there is potential for him to come. There's back. potential, but but the contract kind of renders his value void, is what I'm saying in terms of the trade. So. I don't think you can really even say, oh, it was, you know, it was David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins because David Johnson is paid so much more than he's worth that really it's a salary dump. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it totally is. It's, so, a, it's, a, bizarre, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre value. To, it's, you can't value Hopkins' play at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there must be other factors, monetary, and, and as we're finding out now, possibly locker room yeah. issues as well. <laughs> Social issues with, with uh, Bill O'Brien. Uh, so people have been criticising Bill O'Brien for years, right? With the fact that he's this kind of, he's one of the only kind of de facto head coaches slash GMs alongside Bill Belichick after he came from that school. So, I mean, is this the point that we really kind of lose our shit with him? I mean, uh, I mean, this is ridiculous, right? I mean, when, when, you, when you look at what the, 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 the value of the digs trade, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like a completely different league. I mean, yep. you compare one, it seems like a, a haul of draft picks. This seems like you've just basically given him away. Yeah. So Diggs is traded to the Bills from the Vikings for a first round pick, plus, a, you know, a whole cascade of, of third, fourth and fifth round picks for, for the next couple of drafts. Right. It, it was a pretty big haul, basically, along with the first round pick in this year's draft. Um, and Diggs is quite clearly, for me, an inferior player to DeAndre Hopkins, right? I don't think he's as dominant. Yeah, yeah, he, I don't think he's particularly close. But uh, and then it comes out today that that Bill O'Brien potentially had some issues with DeAndre Hopkins. Didn't like that he had kids to various uh, women, and didn't like that he was uh, apparently sort of suggested that he was like Aaron Hernandez in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> something That's, yeah, yeah I, I mean it all sounds a little bit mental and to be fair quite one-sided because it's coming from deandre hopkins who's obviously a little bit irate at this as i probably would be but it, it does sort of speak to a trend with with bill o'brien just kind of making these moves i mean look at the jadavian Clowney tr- trade last year i mean that was equally kind of surprising right mm. yeah we're still waiting for clowny news at this point, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I, mean, I think that's a lot to do with the medical, but yeah, we are still waiting for where clowny goes. But yeah, I mean, the Texans I've always kind of found to be a weird organization. I think I really rate the quarterback, and I've always really rated a lot of the pieces that they have there. But it always feels like they're always going to play sort of second fiddle in the AFC because Bill O'Brien's kind of—I don't know—doesn't do it for me at this point. It's, it's th- th- their problem for me is they always make it to the playoffs and then get completely uh, damaged by some unlucky injury. It seems to happen every time they get. But is it injury though? Is it injury? Hmm. Just injury? Or is yeah, it that you're I mean, trading away your your Hall of Fame wide receiver for a second round pick? <laughs> yeah, but they acquired some players this year. They did the, the Tunsil trade, which was quite quite good business. I like to kind of keep an eye on the other teams in the division. The Browns sign uh, the uh, the go-to tight end in this free agency class, uh, Austin Hooper, and, and pay him, and be, he becomes the the highest-paid tight end in the league, um, which to me is is insane, right? I mean, over Travis Kelsey and and Zach Ertz and 
Kittle. Uh, Kittle is, is the main guy, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the way free agency works. I mean, Austin Hooper, I do rate him. I think he's a good tight end, but... Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like a kind of a Clevelandy move to pay him so much, right? I think he's been a bit underused in in the Falcons' offense, hasn't he? It seems like they could have leaned on him a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do. Like I say, I do rate Austin too. But, but the thing is, I mean, didn't they, they invested a first round pick in David and Joku not not long ago, and he's still on the team. Yeah, well, maybe they're going to move to sort of double tight end damage. Yeah. I think I think Njoku's a kind of developing guy, isn't he? Still at this at this stage, it feels I mean, like he's. You'd he... hope he developed by now. I mean, <laughs> when did they draft him? Like three years ago. Yeah, but tight end's one of those positions where it does take a few years to kind of get going. I know Kittle burst onto the scene, but mo- most of these guys aren't, aren't immediately successful. Well, and you know, you hit on something, Gavin, because remember who's who's in in their d- division along with us is the Ravens, and look how effective. They use two and three tight ends constantly in their offense. Look how effective they were. Yeah. Although they've, they've just traded away Hayden Hurst, haven't they? I think they have, their embarrassment of riches, they couldn't maintain it. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, they, they, we talk about earlier with the Derek Watt thing and why I was hoping that they kept Knicks is that the, the league seems to be changing to a kind of more compact tight end and fullback blocking game and, mm-hmm. you know, chip and chip and release like we saw the, the Chiefs do in the Super Bowl. Um, so maybe you know maybe this is the move for them. Stefanski used a lot of double tight end sets in uh, for the Vikings with uh, Smith and Carl Rudolph. So this is probably just him wanting to get the pieces he needs to put his playbook together. Yeah, yeah, could be. Obviously, uh, the Bengals are suspected to pick Joe Burrow at the first overall pick. Um, very quickly, where, where does this kind of leave us in the AFC North? Do you think? I mean, a lot of changes have occurred over the last twenty four hours, but I don't think the AFC North. Have has been particularly impacted. Um, obviously, the Steelers restructured Ben, so we still have Ben in place. They're going to have Joe Burrow and uh, the Bengals. Um, who's the class of the AFC North right now? Is it the Ravens? Is it is it us? Well, I... Is it too early to say? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, the reason I ask is because Cleveland has supposedly been kind of uh, aspirationally reaching for this position for a few years now, right? And and people are kind of talking positively about the moves that they've made, but again, it, to me, it just kind of feels like mid-tier guys being paid top-tier money, and you know, I don't know if that's really the way a top franchise runs. I mean, I mean, the fact that they lost Joe Schobert, right, a player that exactly, has, yeah. has, has come come through good for them, and they let him go and sign, you know, some chase after some players with maybe more name value, but you know, that that guy's produced for you, you know, like the, like the Steelers have done with Dupree, you know, you, you pay the guys that or you tag the guys, or you do what you have to get it done to the guys that have performed that you've kind of you've you've nurtured. And uh, I don't know. I, I won't. Tr- I'll never trust the Browns until I see it. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not you're not going to convince me that the Browns are going to buy their way or pay players their way to 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 become a successful organization. Well, didn't they lose Collins as well? So they, they basically yeah. lost their two best linebackers. Mm-hmm. Collins is kind of a mercenary, though, isn't he? I mean, he's just. He's good. He's a good player. But it doesn't feel like he's ever the long-term solution for any team. Yeah. No, he hasn't been. You're, you're right. Uh, in further QB news, we've got a few other bits to, to touch on. Um, Cam Newton has apparently uh, been, well, I say allowed to look for a trade, but then he came out on Instagram and said that he did not want to look for a trade. <laughs> um, uh, this surprised me a little bit. I thought the Panthers were going to kind of move forward with Cam Newton, but the more we look at it, the more it looks like Cam, the, the Panthers are blowing it up. They've also released um, Eric Berry, which was, you know, a move if you watched All or Nothing a couple of years ago was like a, 
you know, it seemed almost like a political move that they made a couple of years ago to sign Eric Berry uh, at safety. And mm. then now he's been released. Cam Newton's, they've basically ended his career in, in Carolina by saying that, you know, they they pretty much released that press conference and said that this this is the end of his career in Carolina. So whether he likes it or not, he's gone. Um, I don't know where he ends up, but the Panthers are in a bit of a rebuild, right? Yeah, I mean, just on Cam, what do we do? We have the full medical picture. We don't know. I mean, that's the he's one of these guys like Clowney, where you know the coronavirus is really causing a bit of a problem for him because he really needs to go and have medicals with the team before a team really wants to double down on him. So. I mean, who's going to be in the market for Cam? He's a tricky... It's getting tough, right? Buyer. I mean, there's more and more teams. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that are available. We're looking at sort of um, uh, Cam Newton. Um, I mean, we'll also talk about Nick Foles just got traded to Chicago for a fourth-round pick. So Mitch That's Risky, a great move, by the way. I think that's a fantastic move for them. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think it's good to have some competition there for Mitch because obviously Mitch is not the answer, I don't think, long-term. Oh. Um, I think I think Foles will have that job before before mid season. I know he didn't have a great year, but I think injury, with, with the rest right? of their roster in there, and, yeah, and the rest of their the um uh the the style the style of play and the the guy's name is eluding me now. The coach who's never really Nagy. he's got an interesting Matt Nagy. Nagy Matt Nagy yeah, it, it, very interesting coach. Who I think has not has been not been able to do what he wants yeah, to do because of Mitchell Trubisky. I think we'll see a bit more starting to happen out of there. What yeah. they're doing, and with the fact that um, who's there? They got Jimmy Graham. Did they know who? Yeah, was it Jimmy Graham? Who else has gone there? They've they've they've, they've made a couple of moves anyway that are quite interesting. I know Jimmy Graham's probably finished, but you know, they, I think there's some. They, say, they look like an interesting team. But some of the moves they've made, I think, are interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I like Matt Nagy. I mean, he won Coach of the Year a couple of years ago. I think he's very interesting. I think Mitch Trubisky's definitely held them back. Unfortunately, I think. It, I mean, it was a terrible pick at the time. I think a lot of people agreed on that. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, I think Nick, Nick Foles has been criminally underrated for a lot of his career, I think. And I think his postseason record kind of showed that a little bit. And his year in Philly showed that as well. With uh, Well, he's streaky. And with the Rams yes, as well, yeah. he's, he's a streaky yeah. guy. Yeah. But but he's a guy who's capable of, you know, producing top-tier quarterback play. I mean, I don't think you can even argue with that, right? But but unfortunately, he's not been consistent with it. Um. But yeah, I don't so, know where you were going before that. Sorry, I didn't yes, No, it's okay. So, so, so what I was saying was that, that that kind of leaves you with not many teams with without a quarterback, really. I mean, obviously, there's a few teams that don't have a quarterback, but they're probably aiming at a guy in the draft. You're looking at, you know, the Bengals. Obviously, Andy Dalton then needs a home. Um, the Patriots are an option. Um, there's a few teams sitting out there, but, you know, where, where does Cam Newton end up? I mean, do we get to a point where, you know, it's post-draft and we're looking towards, you know, the start of the season and Cam Newton still doesn't have a home or... I mean, the Chargers would they would they be a good Char- spot? Yeah, Chargers are still an option. Um, they're, they're potentially looking at going forward with Tyrod Taylor. Um, we're hearing, but you know, I mean, can... you could you could design an offense with Cam Newton and Tyrod that would work. I yeah, mean, that that that'd be would be a sensible yeah. fit. Yeah. I mean, I think Cam Newton maybe has a little bit left in the tank. I, I think maybe people have written Cam Newton off a little bit early because of some of the injuries, but. I mean, this is a guy who's an MVP, right? I mean, he was a top tier quarterback when I was getting, you know. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, the, the the declining wheels that have kind of hurt his. As we often see with athletic quarterbacks, isn't it? They kind of they tear off, and and the fact that then they can't transition to being a kind of more traditional pocket passer kind of hurts them. But I, I'd like to see him given another chance for sure. Yeah, and that kind of ends our QB carousel, I think. Yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, I think that's pretty much everyone in place. Andy Dalton needs a home. I, I, any ideas where he goes? Tonight, well, he's another one. He could, he could go to the Chargers as well, couldn't he? I mean, that would yeah. be could be a quite charging. Guy, Andy, Andy yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, you see a lot of that, that speculation, haven't you? But do you see? Do you see him being a bridge guy, and they draft mm. drafted a love or a, a from maybe? Yeah, I should also mention. Sorry, that, uh, Bridgewater goes to the Panthers as well. If that's you know interesting to anyone, I think he's been. Massively overpaid and overhyped. I think he's a bit of a. I'm pleased for the guy though. Right? Yeah, After yeah, me too. Uh, you yeah. Know, he proved he could. You know, they did. They 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 won some games with him there in New Orleans. So. Yeah, I think he was in a good situation though. I don't. I think, I think maybe if you just shoved him on another team, maybe he would not have got yeah, paid. We're all forgetting. We're everyone's bleaching out the Jets here, right? Yeah, like, that never happened. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that, that's pretty much it. I think for. For the major free agency moves, is there anything else that I've uh, missed that's worth mentioning? Marcus Mariota going to the Raiders was yes, surprising. yeah, very good. Yeah, point. that was yeah. surprised. Yeah, what does I that mean, leave Derek Carr? You go from one, yeah, you go from one mid-tier quarterback to another mid-tier quarterback. Right. But I think I think Derek Carr is is definitely the better option. That like surely, please. I think so, but yeah, it's, I don't even think it's close to be honest with you. But apparently, Mike Mayock loved uh, loved Mariota in the draft, and that's what I'm hearing. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they're going to put him to tight end. I mean, who would you rather have at this point, Mariota or uh, Winston, who came out at the same time? Well, that's that question so hard. I mean, we'll see when we know what's happened with, <laughs> with uh, Jameis Winston's laser eye surgery and whether that was a factor. Right? If he actually was playing with blind. Cool. It's crazy, right? That we're still saying that in in twenty twenty. These guys get drafted in like twenty sixteen, right? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and obviously, neither of these guys really lit it up. Um, I remember I actually bet like a, a stupid amount of money that Jameis Winston would be the number one pick in that draft. Um, oh well, yeah. well done. Yeah. I mean, it was odds on. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was like pretty obvious it was going to happen. But I bet like fifteen hundred pounds that it was going <laughs> to. It was, it was going to happen. Um, okay, so that, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for uh, free agency, I believe. Um, Gav, now you've looked more at uh, the offensive line this week, which was traditionally good. obviously recently we've been looking at um, the positions uh, as we go along. We've looked at running back, we've looked at wide receiver, we've looked at tight end. Uh, so the obvious next step was offensive line. Now with the virus, <laughs> it's obviously impacted. Uh, some of our ability to really focus on this, it, it, it kind of felt ridiculous at some point this week to even you know, pay any attention to it. So I'll be honest, I, I am not particularly clued up on this offensive line class, but I believe you've uh, spent a little bit of time looking at them and might have a few insights. Well, I um, I was I was in full kind of mode watching the Senior Bowl, watching the Combine, and then, yeah, it all kind of dropped off. So I've got like my own kind of personal takes from the early days of the process. But in compared to sorry, compared to uh, where we were with the like wide receivers and running backs, I've not w- watched anywhere near as much tape. So, a lot of these takes are kind of, I've kind of combined my own kind of impressions with with I've filled in the gaps with a lot of other sort of scout reports and stuff like that, just just so that I've got an impression just for myself. Yeah. So um, I, I'm going to give credit where credit's due, not to the actual particular people because they've come from such a wide range of sources, but a lot of the stuff I'm going to say is 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 parroting what other people have said. So this isn't my own analysis, so I apologise. But 
I think I thought it would be better to have at least something to say about each one of these guys to fill in the gaps. So um, we yes. can we can kind of talk about everyone or, or at least have a thing. But uh, it's an interesting class. Is uh, the uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it overall, but obviously anyone that's paying any attention to it, there's, there's four names at the top that um, that the Steelers aren't going to be going anywhere near. I don't think they're they're going to go quite high. Uh, obviously Steelers don't have a first round pick, so that there's kind of four dudes at, at the top. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about them quickly, or, is it, or should we just skip over those because the Steelers aren't even going to get a chance yeah, at, at taking them? Yeah, I mean, very quickly, just so people are aware of the names, you know, if they rely on us for any kind of draft coverage, which, dear God, if you do, please look somewhere else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so the top four guys, so we're talking some really athletic guys, right? I mean, we've got um, uh, Jedrick Wills, um, Tristan Wirfs, Mackay Beckton uh, is a name that I've heard a lot of buzz about. Um, and then Andrew Thomas is that is that the other guy, the other four guys you kind of talking about? Yeah, you've kind of gone in the reverse order of the sort of yeah yeah no I'll, yeah they're they're the names. I met Mackay Beckton's kind of a, a riser in the process. He he seems a bit rawer if that's a a verb or an adjective. Um, uh, whereas Andrew Thomas is more the kind of polished kind of product, and then. Uh, Jedrick Wills is kind of that you're intimidating kind of mobile blocker and, and Worfs is, is, you know, just unbelievable kind of monster run and pass, just a great all round guy. And um, I don't know if you saw Worfs, the thing that's just, you, you saw on the, uh, at the combine with his thighs, man. Did you see those? <laughs> Jesus. Like, I don't know if you remember the the Brazilian footballer Roberto Carlos was famous for these thick thighs. <laughs> this guy's got thighs like they're like two like pigs' legs. I, I don't know what they are. They're like I don't know how he can even walk with those things. I mean, you, you talk about thickness in your bottom half. Jesus. So yeah, that, 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 but I've got comps for each of them. Um, so Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, he, he's being he's being. Uh, compared to Tunsil and, and, and uh, Ronnie Stanley. So, I mean, they're, they're great comps, you know. They're, you're talking like, he's at more the kind of traditional, technical kind of, you know, tackle. Um, Jedrick Wills being compared to Lyle Collins. Uh, Tristan Wirfs being compared to Joe Staley. And then and then Beckton's, Beckton's a funny one because he's a raw and he's just, he's just huge, just like massive. So he's not going to, you know, he's not got the kind of lateral movement of some other people and, He's got quite good bend for his size, but his feet maybe aren't, you know, sometimes completely working as hard as his upper body half because he realizes he's just he's got the size just to push people around, so he doesn't need to have the technique. So he's kind of a he's the biggest boom or bust out of the top four guys because he could just end up being a big bust, but but he's got a size and you think it could work out. And he's being compared to Brian McKinney, you know, a, a monster with a great kick slide, basically yeah. covers a lot of ground. So um, he's a huge dude, right? He's like three seventy. He's like yeah. a like a massive. Yeah. <laughs> he only did only did twenty three reps though in the in the in the press, which mm. raised a few eyebrows. But you know that's one of those things. Who cares? I mean, it's it's a measure of how good well you bench press, not how how well you anchor and can push someone. So you know, they're saying it could be a, a very easy fix given his given his tools. You know, some of the the issues in his game. You know, you, you you could write a pros and cons column about him and you can make a lot of his cons seem serious, but they're all kind of ones that are easily fixed. All right, okay. So, so they're the kind of the top four guys. Those are all guys that are going to go maybe in the first round, do we expect? Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Okay, so 
where, where does that leave us maybe as we fall further into the, the, the late first or we move into the second round? Obviously, there's some kind of more interior guys as well. Well, I mean, yeah, it depends where you want to go. I mean, do you see, I, I don't think that the, the drop, the, the next guy on the list is Josh Jones for pure tackles, right? And and he's a, he's a good tackle. And I just, I still think he's out of the range of the Steelers, unfortunately. Um, he's been rising up. The comp to him is Andre Dillard, who was, who was only taken recently and has not seen that much playing time for the Eagles. But he's got a lot of tools, great length. Uh, experience athleticism but he never he never actually arrived even in college so he's one of those guys that you're kind of projecting is going to be good based on how he looks rather than how he plays but um he's got everything there and and and, and creates gaps in the run game but um just needs refinement needs needs coaching needs good coaching um but if if he was there in the second round the Steelers would be crazy not to take him because he looks great yeah, projected kind of first round though. It'd be a surprise if he fell to us. Yeah, top top to set top a second. I thought. I think you know he'd be one of those players that's kind of tantalisingly there in the second round. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, Rich, how much have you watched of these guys? Have you watched much of the, these O line guys, the tackles? Uh, not much. Um, I didn't see much in the in the combine at all, and just did a did a little bit of investigating uh, the other day. Uh, I was familiar with some of the top guys, um, but not so much the the mid round and, and later round guys. Right. But uh, yeah, if I mean absolutely, if Josh Jones would drop to us, oh man, I'd be really happy. That'd be great. They, 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 I don't see how they could pass him up. Yeah. So the next guy on my on my kind of list is Austin Jackson of USC, who. Um, He's got some great traits, like his uh, his feet and his length, but his, his strength isn't there, and his technique's not quite there. So, and, and he he's not the kind of guy that you can kind of move inside. So he's a pure tackle. So he's kind of a developmental prospect, and I, I wonder if the Steelers have got too many of these guys already on their roster with Chooks and and Banner that are both kind of vying for that kind of that role of being the outside right tackle. So uh, this is the problem with this class. From from here on down, you've got a lot of sort of if you if you're going after a tackle, it's probably going to be a right tackle from now on. It's not going to be a left tackle, and they're going to be a guy that's going to require coaching. So they're not going to give much this year, and they don't offer much at guard. Um, the other guys that you'd probably take them as guard over over tackle. So you're probably better off drafting a pure guard rather than going chasing one of these developmental guys, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I I agree. I completely agree with you. Because what the guy that's rising after the combine is is uh, is Cleveland, right? Ezra Cleveland. Um, I mean, he, he, he had a great combine. He's 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 one of those ones that's sort of sort of rising up. He, although I thought he actually struggled in the drill, strangely, and actually fell over. But it's just his measurables, and uh, just the, the way he did the I can forget what they call it, but the one where they they showed the kick slide, you know, where they go back and forward on the line. I mean, he just looked he looked great. That, that, that kick slide looked te- amazing technique. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure he fits the the Steelers kind of. He's more of a kind of zone zone game tackle. Mm. So um, he looks like he sort of looks like a tight end, but he's never actually played tight end. But he's kind of got that kind of vibe about him, which. I, I don't have a problem with that so much in in the interior. Maybe if you've got one of those guys, but on on the outside, I don't I don't think you know. I I, I, you, I want someone that's more like you know a big kind of 
even even Villanueva has got that kind of big big size and length. You know, he's a different different shape for a tackle, but he's he's got that kind of dominating blindside protector. This guy doesn't seem like that. So, uh, have you watched any of him or any thoughts about Ezra? Not, not no, not so much. No, I haven't. No, so yeah. Again, he he's pretty new to me. Um, boy from Boise State, right? Yeah, from yeah. Dave's like head headache inducing. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, he's right, man. You put on the tape, and it's just like watching the blue, yeah. the blue thing. It's just like, oh, geez, That's I don't need much. this right now. <laughs> I, I, I'll go back much. to Twitter and, and do scrolling and panicking over this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, again, with a lot of these guys that fall sort of outside of the first round, it, yeah, it, it's kind of new to me. I mean, I'm looking more at the kind of some of the interior O-line guys. I mean, is there any of yeah, those guys there's, that there's one, there's, Well, oh yeah, there, there definitely is. But just while we're still on the kind of tackles, Sorry, there's yeah. one guy, um, Lucas Niang is an interesting guy because he, he kind of, he's a, he's a right tackle, but he could play in guard. So one of the knocks, I mean, he's got a few knocks. He's had surgery to his hip. And 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 he's uh, he's got issues on his work ethic, which is 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 never great. But and, and he needs to improve his hands. But again, that's that's uh, something that can be worked on. But he's he's explosive and um, he's probably better as a pass protector than a than a run blocker. So maybe that doesn't fit what the Steelers want because I think the run blocking was was a real need. But he, he's a guy that I think they'll take a look at um, rather than some of these other guys. But. Um, uh, the other guy that some people have, have mocked at the Steelers even is uh, the Auburn guy, uh, Wanogo, Prince Tiger Wanogo. One of the best names in the draft, right? Yeah. Prince Tiger Wanogo. Yeah, uh, the Nigerian guy, he's, he's quite lanky. And, and it's just questions. I mean, he's quite big. He's 6'7", 305. Um, but there's just questions about whether he, he can get his pads down enough to be, uh, you know, just not be blown up in the NFL. It's this different level of competition there. And, uh, and then he had an injury. He's got quick feet, though. Um, but but again, he struggles in space, which isn't great for, for a tackle. You know, you need someone that's going to be able to do that stuff. So, yeah, he, he's a developmental guy. Um, could be, could be he's got, you know, a slightly higher pedigree version of Chooks again. So do we need another guy like that? You know, I mean... yeah. Like yeah, you say, I'd be I, I more do, in the inside guy. I do sometimes worry about these kind of more kind of second to third round offensive linemen. I, I sometimes feel like the, the upside is a little bit less. I don't know why this is, but positionally, I feel like the upside with a skill position player, a kind of a tight end wide receiver, is maybe a little bit higher in the second round than it is with an offensive lineman. I don't know if that's just my perspective, but. Yeah, it yeah. might be. I mean, it, you know, offensive line technique might be a little more important yeah because it, you know if you're just a blazing speed guy you have really great athleticism i think you can i think that'll come out you know more on the field if you don't have the the proper technique you know but with offensive line if you don't have the proper technique man it's it's gonna you're gonna stand out like a sore thumb you're just gonna get yeah warped. yeah it's tricky though because if, you, if you've got the technique and not the size then that that cannot work as well because you just get overwhelmed by you know bull rushes, people just running through you because you can't. No matter how good your technique, if you've got like a you know NFL grade pass rusher just coming straight through you, nothing you can do if you haven't got the power and the base to match up to that. It's it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do I do think that goes without saying. You do you do have to have the strength there. 
Yeah, I mean, if you have a guy bench pressing ten reps, then <laughs> he's obviously yeah. not not going to work out for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. Now, before we move yeah. on to the uh, interior guys, I know you're going to want to talk about um, Throckmorton. Okay. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do, what, what, why? Why do? Why do you bring that up? Well, I bring it up because the senior bowl, um, where he was kind of a talking point, where he he continued to get beat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing because I I kind of wrote him off as being absolutely destroyed in yeah. that in that senior bowl game. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the coaches loved him in the practice, and uh, and and I watched the practice. I watched all of the O line D line. I didn't see it. I, I watched Foch break down the O line D line. He just got destroyed again, and I thought, okay, that's that's him written off. But I, I thought, okay, maybe maybe me and and. And and Voch Lombardi, who 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 is who played O line and coached coaches O line at I think high school or, or or at some level, and now is doing the YouTube stuff, breaking down things. Maybe maybe he's wrong. So I, I went to sit. So I got another draft report. So this is one of the ones I'm talking about because I wasn't that interested in them. I didn't watch that much tape beyond the senior bowl. So I, I got yeah. a, a, a draft profile. So I read it out. But I'm saying this doesn't match though what I saw. An above average player you can win with but not because of has several desirable traits as, traits as well as limitations which can be accounted on high experience um but he has he has a he's a versatile lineman with 37 consecutive starts across four different positions on one of the nation's best offensive lines proved his versatility in shrine bowl practices struggled in game powerful frame and good movement skills which has allowed him to start multiple positions for oregon he's good get off at the snap of the ball a little wasted movement in pass protection Throckmorton has quick smooth footwork but then it goes on to say, Throckmorton's primary weakness is his size. Well, yeah, because that was the problem, because he was just getting absolutely blown up, and he seemed to have short arms and was just getting totally dominated. He'll be viewed as, under, viewed as undersized by some teams, and his arms will likely fall below thresholds for an offensive tackle for some teams. The lack of size can show up when he lets his hip rise and loses leverage, doesn't show elite athleticism and range in space, which teams could want from Siva. So I think this guy's no, a big no from me. Yeah, undersized, that just sounds all, all, all wrong. <laughs> so, but I don't see how that how that starts with an, an above average player. I mean, we're talking college production, and that just smacks of Jarvis Jones, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. The other guy that's quite interesting is Hakeem Adenije from Kansas. Okay, uh, he's 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 a guy, later rounds guy, uh, guard tackle prospect. Um, got a lot of mobility. Uh, might he might have to become a pulling guard because he's a bit on the smaller side for a, for a one tackle. But he could he could be drafted as a guard and then get, offer you some swing some swing prospect at tackle. Um, and he's he, he just he's he's got no real negatives. He's just he's he's just a solid player that could could become you know a, a starter for you. Um, slightly stiff, great punch, slightly short, but but nothing really that makes you think oh he's. You know he's got a major problem, so yeah, he's one to look out for later on. I think you know a few teams will be eyeing him up if he's still on the board. Okay, so Hakeem Adenje. Yeah, A D N A D E N I G I J I. Adenje. Adenje. Yeah. So that's one to keep an eye out for in the later rounds. Um, cool. So any any kind of more interior lineman that uh, uh squeeze your pickle. Well, yeah, there's a couple, but I think Rich, you you mentioned you had a guy you were you were thinking. I, I think the question here is, do, do do you think the Steelers go after a center to to uh, replace mm. like a pure center, 
Or do you think they target a centre guard? Or do you think they just go after a guard? Or, I think they or, target or a guard go... in this draft, personally. I'd be surprised if they target a centre at this point because I just don't think they feel it as a need, at least this year. Mm. Um, I think I think they, if they had their way, they would definitely want somebody, if it comes down to a choice between two guys, I think they would lean to the guy who can play centre or guard. Mm-hmm. And, and I think guard, guard is you know their bigger their bigger concern right now but if you can play both positions you know they they like those those adaptable offensive linemen you know yeah yeah for sure i mean there's, there's a guy i mentioned on the podcast a while ago and Tyler Biadesh from Wisconsin. That's, that's um, my guy. Is that your guy? Yeah, I was going, well, I'll let you talk about him. I mean, anyone that comes from Iowa or Wisconsin, you always go, okay, they're going to be solid, right? But, um, yeah, you go ahead. Oh, the guy – I mean, the guy's a, a murderer in the run game. I mean, he, he just he's – so, he's so strong. And he just – I mean, he blasts people out of holes. And he can get to the second level real quick too. Like, I don't know. I just think the guy's just solid. You know, I, he just – from everything that I've seen – on his tape and read about him. I mean, I mean, and I think it's possible he could be there. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely Absolutely, possible. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely so, possible. Yeah, I think that'd be a great, that'd be a great pick for their second round pick. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He's not the Red Star guy I was talking about, but he, he's definitely a guy that I'm kind of gunning for them to take um, with that pick. And and I like the fact that if you kind of squint, squint your eyes, his name's Badass. <laughs> yeah. I like that. In fact, his name is literally badass. If you if you kind of <laughs> if you squint your eyes, right? you eye if you pronounce, I, I could pronounce his name Tyler Badass. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, that, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, he could he could realistically be there in, in maybe the third round. I mean, potentially. It's so hard to know. It's so hard to know whether whether they're gonna who's gonna be ranked on players board because you've got Cushenberry who I think some teams are going to love and some teams are going to hate I like him I think I think he had a great senior bowl and and it's, it's hard to judge that LSU, LSU team because they were so yeah. good across the board um, and you, you're seeing that a lot of their players declared on the strength of their uh, national championship game and, you know he's yeah. Cushenberry is a redshirt junior you know but I think he's good. I think I think I, I like I, I you know I like I like his play. I just there's just questions about the the scheme fit and uh, I don't know. But he, he anchors well, and I, I, I definitely you know if they got if they drafted him, I'd be I'd be very happy. And then and then Nick Harris is the other just pure center, who is maybe slightly undersized undersized for the Steelers, but I think he's going to have a great great career because he'll be a, he's he's kind of. He's kind of like a BJ Finney, essentially, Nick Harris, but, but slightly more explosive, slightly more athletic, um, and very versatile, um, and with a high football IQ. So, if Harris was there, I think they'd have to have a think about that. Which is why I mentioned, you know, where do you go if you go more centre that can play guard or a guy that can play centre? So, Harris is your kind of Harris out of Washington is your kind of guy that centre that can play guard. But my redshirt guy. Um, and it's not Damian Lewis, although I like Damian Lewis. Uh, is is actually a later could be a later rounds guy, but um, I don't know if you heard. It's the Clemson guy, John Simpson. Come across him? Uh, Simpson, yes, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah good looking player. Yeah, I, I really like this guy. I think I, he just looks like a stealer to me. He looks like he looks like a Ramon Foster. He just got the intimidating size, the kind of nastiness. Um, and, and and a great character story. I mean, it's 
you read there's there's been a lot of pieces written about his character is he's the first first male in his family to ever go to college his father was in prison he faced a lot of adversity and he's come through and and you hear the way that um coach swinney of clemson clemson has talked about him as being his favorite player one of his favorite players to ever coach and uh, um uh, what's the quote here he's good at uh uh, I, I, the, the, the fact that uh, the school has produced an annual litany of draft picks at virtually every position but offensive line. The Tigers haven't had one selected at all since 2014 and amazingly haven't had one picked higher than the third round since 1971. So what? he's going to be the first. Yeah. That's he's be insane. The first, so they're not known for developing prospects and he's going to be the first Clemson guard drafted, you know, for a long, long time at a high spot. So, um, no, it's going to be a mid-rounds guy. But... It might be superstitious, but that's almost scary. <laughs> they have to go second round for him, right? I mean, he should be around. He should be at least a third round, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just the guards always fall, and he, he's not a tackle guy. He's definitely an inside guy. So, and there's there's quite a few guys, you know, that could go. You know, maybe a team falls in love with a Logan Stenberg or you know a Robert Hunt or so. There's quite a few players. The, the problem is what, what we were talking about before with, is with the virus. There's, there's some really solid, really sort of promising players that have got a lot of, you know, that could be much higher draft picks, but they've got injury issues or they've got character concerns that that that, that teams like to kind of flesh out in the draft process. They're not going to have that chance. So, you know, they'd probably end up guys like John Simpson, John Simpson are going to get ended up drafted higher because. There's no character concerns. They're just, you know, maybe they haven't quite got some of the traits or whatever that the other guys have, but they're safer picks. Mm. But yeah, Simpson, I just, you know, this is my guy, man. I just, I just really hope that, that, that he ends up on the Steelers. And um, where would you like to see him take it? Well, if they could get him in the third round, that would be a, a, a massive steal. All right. But yeah, there's people, there's, there's people saying he's the best pure guard in the in the draft. So, as Rich said, second round if. Depends how much they value him and what and what the situation is, but they, I, I wouldn't be upset if they took him in the second round. I'd be quite excited, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, let me see. I've, I've, I've downloaded some. Um, see if I can see his knocks. I mean, I, I just watched him at the Senior Bowl and he just absolutely dominated. He just looked ferocious. Um, six four, three hundred and twenty one pounds. Uh, I can hit yeah, you some, of, some with... of the cons. I mean, you've got we got here so struggles mightily with quickness in pass protection, lacks discipline in balance in his anchor, uh, has a hard time recovering after being initially beaten off the snap, lacks susceptible, uh, sorry, highly susceptible to inside pass rush moves, uh, limited mobility, likely reduces his value on boards and zone blocking teams. Yeah, well, that's not the Steelers, is it? The Steelers yeah. isn't a zone blocking team. Yeah. Yeah, he knows how to. Here's a, here's a here's a pro for you. He knows how to take advantage of his pure brute strength and size to win at the point of attack. That's what I want. I want someone that does that. Has more strength and power, but prospers by gripping defenders in place with precise balance. Has some polishing up to do, but to me, he's a late round gem with a multitude of traits and potential. So this guy's projecting. I don't know who this is because I just copied and pasted it. I project Simpson as a third to fourth round talent in the 2020. I think he's he's he, I think he's risen up. From from that, yeah. Um, what else have I got here? Uh, what just a well-built snowplow of a guard with traits and power to turn a crease into a full-fledged running lane. Yeah, teams looking to add physicality up front will covet Simpson. 
Mm. But keep in mind, he has plenty of plenty. He was plenty effective with scoop blocks, pulls, second level climbs, and even screen blocking, and shows the big man can move. So yeah, this is my go. So let's let's just end the podcast there because that's what we want. <laughs> that's it. Gav's had his word. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one guy. I tell you one guy that I don't like. Okay. Just, I've tried to find some positives for him on tape because I did actually. I just thought, why? I, I couldn't believe the guy got a, a a senior bowling fight. I feel sorry for the guy. But you talk about it's like you put me out there on the offensive line and it's just someone just getting absolutely dominated on every play uh, in the practice. And then and then they go out to the game and then the same thing happens was um Terence Steele, who 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 my eye was drawn to because of the name. You think, oh Steele at the Steelers, that would make sense. No. Terrible. It just his, his form's all wrong. He's like it's it's just like leaning forward all the time. So he just looked like you, you could just put your, your your hand on his helmet and just pull him forward and he's gonna go. Uh, it just gives up way yeah. too much ground. He's like constantly in the quarterback's face. Um it's just so totally tight and just got literally got smoked. And this is my, my this is my scout report. Okay, got smoked at senior bowl on every rep, comma bum. Wow. Do you know what a concerning yeah. uh, first line is when I look at an analyst report for a player? Um, has a body that is still developing. <laughs> yeah, that's never good, is it? <laughs> so does my daughter. Doesn't mean she can play offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, uh, so uh, I've got a few other names on the list. Have you got anyone else you want to hit on? I mean, some of these guys. Logan Stenberg is an interesting guy, a uh, big, strong guy. Um, but he, again, he lacks discipline. Um, it's going to be like a penalty. You know, you're just going to see, just every time he's involved in a play, you're going to see yellow flags flying into the screen. So I don't know if that's. I mean, he's mean and nasty. He's like your mean and nasty guard. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like those guys that draw tackles all the time, uh, draw flags all the time, sorry. So he's kind of off my board. Uh, think about, what do you think about Ruiz, Ruiz, Ruiz from uh, Michigan? I I, yeah, he's great, but I don't, I don't think he'll be um, on the board. What do you think? I mean, he's, 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 yeah, he's another guard or centre prospect with like real. He's almost like a pouncy kind of guy, right? I mean, the real mobility and he's the kind of guy the Steelers Steelers look for. He's he's, he's really athletic. Yeah. I just think I just think it, someone's going to fall in love with him. Uh, he's going to be gone, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I mean, he he could fit on any team. I mean, any any team could you know with the with the need at at centre. And I think we have actually seen a, a few you know teams over the years like um, Travis Frederick for the the Cowboys, and and there was one a couple of years ago. Was it last year for the Falcons or something? The, the, the teams aren't teams aren't scared of taking a centre if there's a good one. In right. the first round, and I think I think um, I think this guy will will go in the first round. Uh, so, you got anyone else? You got anyone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, listen. Like I say, other than the top kind of four or five guys that we looked at on each position, I, I am completely uneducated on this class. So I, I've heavily relied on your insights on this one. But um, yeah, that's why I brought up. Um, uh, What's his name? Cushionberry. Uh, yeah. Just, I remember was having some kind of hot takes on him previously. But yeah, outside of that, I really don't have any particular... Fair dues. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other guy we've not really talked about enough is Damian Lewis, who we I think we all liked after we spoke after the Senior Bowl, right? I mean, what did you, you had some takes on him, didn't you, Rich? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was really impressive in the Senior Bowl. I thought, I thought he was... 
the best looking offensive lineman there. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I've kind of, I've, I've cooled on him a little bit, but that's maybe just because I've, I've, I like Simpson so much, but um, I don't know. Maybe you can sell him, a, sell him back to me. I mean, what, what do you think he's, he's the, he's the answer at that interior army, certainly an imposing, cuts an imposing figure. Yeah, I, I honestly think the guy could start uh, day one for the Steelers. Um, the way you know, it's hard to say because you know you're taking a big jump to the pros, and so I, I, you'd have to see how his strength holds up at the pro level and his uh, technique, and you know, because these guys are so much faster and stronger. But um, I, I, I think he looks really, really strong. He's quick. He's, he moves well laterally on the line. I mean, I just. I'm really impressed with the guy. Yeah, I agree. I, he looks he looks good in all aspects. The only issue for me is the footwork, and and I wonder if that is that is the one thing that you can't improve in alignment is their footwork. You know, it's like you hear you hear Daniel Jeremiah talk about it at the combine every year. You know, if they, are they a heel clicker? Are they, you know, because that, that it's so hard. That's that's it's just very hard, very uncoachable. That and his his footwork is poor. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess that's the analysis that teams were, were hoping to do, and I think I wonder if the, he's another guy that falls because of the lack of workouts, team meetings, and all that stuff. Um, because yeah, yeah, you can't show that. I mean, it, 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 it is it's bad sometimes. You you watch you watch that tape. It is it is he his his feet are going one way and his body's going the other, and he just you know. But he's but but he wins and he still he still wins the battles, but because of his size and his strength. Is he going to be able to do that at the next level? That's the question that teams need to answer, and I think I think that's I think that's maybe make why I've called a little bit on him. But I still I still like him, and if they ended up you know drafting him, I'd I'd be I'd be I'd be behind it. I I don't think he'll be there though when we pick. I'd be surprised if he is. Really, you think he'll go second high I, second round? I, I think he might. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think he'll be there? I think he'll be there. Yeah, I think he'll be there. If we want to go second round pick, I think he'll be there. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, 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 I you know, I still like uh, Biadas a lot. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's his his pass protection probably isn't as good, but I think his his I think his run game is better. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I you know. It'll be interesting to see who's around at that point, because you know a lot of times you just never know. These guys drop, and you just don't expect it. And then you know it'd be nice if they get a gift at that number two or that second round spot. Yeah, I think I think that the center guard versatility with Badass Biadas, um, <laughs> Badass, yeah, is uh, is definitely enticing. So I think if if you had if all three of those players were there, Badass uh, Lewis and Simpson, I, I think if you you'd say. They're all great guards, but 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 badass is the better centre. So let's go with badass. I think I think that would be the the way they'd go. But um, let's see. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that at all. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be interesting, right? As we get to the second round now. Now that things have kind of opened up a little bit, and we know that we've got uh, maybe tight end isn't the need we thought it was going to be, and you know we're going to so do you know do you know as as we move further into the draft process and, and you know i know things are super weird with the virus but uh, i kind of see the the steelers moving in a kind of a an offensive skill position move i could see a kind of a, a wide receiver being the second round pick call me crazy but uh, i don't know uh, that's the way i see it going but 
I would like to see it. I would like to see an offensive lineman go in the second or at least the third round because I, I do think that given the situation we've seen the last couple of weeks is what we need. Yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, I, I think the offensive... I mentioned it earlier in this podcast, but I think the offensive line is the way to build the team outward and I think that's the reason we've had such success uh, in the last kind of five to ten years and, you know, I, I'd be upset to see that kind of dissipate yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I, you know what, though? I I don't discount what you say. I think it is definitely possible they could go wide receiver with that first pick. Yeah, I, I don't know why I think that, Rich, but I I just have a kind of a weird feeling. That, uh, maybe it's just kind of recency bias that the Steelers have kind of always been kind of sensitive to, to wide receivers and obviously we've got such a strong receiver class. I know we haven't really spoke to you about it particularly because you weren't around when we spoke about the receivers, but... I don't know if you've got anyone that you like in the receiver class particularly. I don't want to put you on the spot, but the receiver class is so good this year. I've just got a feeling that the Steelers might just oh, really love a guy and, and just kind of go for him with that second-round pick. I don't know. Well, that's why I say that, because the, the class is so deep that somebody may may fail, or fall to them that they just can't pass up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you could get you could get a first-round talent in that second-round spot, right? Yeah. That's the yeah, for sure. Thing. Yeah. Let's yeah. say and like then, a like a dental Mims or a, you know something like that. Guy, yeah. yeah. Although I'm seeing people, he's getting pushed up into the first round. He I is think. getting I pushed up. We, I, hope yeah. we, I hope we didn't start the buzz. It was us. We yeah, just, we, we started it. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly, after our podcast came out, he's in the first round all the time. So <laughs> I, I'm sure it's because everyone, everyone can, was on the same page. Can but. we get onto his agent and maybe get a bit of a? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, Richard. Uh, I don't know, but anyone that you kind of like on the receiver end, or you know, I, I looked at a bunch of guys earlier, right before I started my job, and um, I, I'm not really up on it right now. Okay. But there was there was quite a few that I liked. I mean, both Alabama guys look fantastic. So good, right? Yeah, God, crazy. So so good. Um, but I, I I can't think of many names right off the top of my head. But it's deep, and that, and yeah. that's you know that can only. That can only be good for us, for sure, because we don't have to have one. So even if a lot of them get scooped up before we pick, then we're going to have something fall to us that's that we're going to we're going to need or we're going to want. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think yeah. it, 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 it's going to only work in our favor either way. I think even if we get to kind of the third round, we look at kind of a, a Donovan Peoples Jones or someone like that, kind of that area. I mean, you're talking about like Jerry Judy and and, and Ruggs. They're they're kind of crazy good guys, right? I don't want to get into receivers too much, but just because uh, obviously you weren't around when we talked to them. The receivers is such a deep class. I think it's probably going to push every other position down a, a, just a little bit, just 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 a little yeah, bit. I think it will, <laughs> and it and it might mean that you know maybe we've got a a little bit of a better position to to draft some of these you know offensive linemen or, or tight ends or you know whatever the case might be as we get into later rounds. But yeah, I, I am not convinced that the Steelers won't go receiver in the second round. I don't know why I feel that way. Like you say, Rich, I think it might just be a case of. Um, recency bias and a little bit of the fact that the, the class is so deep that someone might fall to us but I mean yeah I mean there's some guys in that class where if they fall to us in the second round I mean I would be real upset if we didn't select them so yeah yeah well we'll see I mean there, there might be some we, 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 we've, we've kind of gone through all of the offense now apart from the quarterbacks yeah, I yeah. think there might be some guys on the defensive side that we're going to feel the same about so uh, <laughs> yeah right let's, 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 let's get through, yeah let's get through the process yeah, and we say we'll, this and now and then, then yeah we absolutely fall in love with some inside linebacker and... 
That's what well, I'm thinking. We've got time for that, right? Yeah. So yeah. with that regard, um, I don't know if you... I, I'm, I'm just not that interested in, in going through these quarterbacks. I, I don't know why. I, I'm just not paying attention to the quarterbacks this year. I, I know, you know, I've done a bit about them all, but I... I I'm happy to do it, but I feel like we shouldn't do it until we know where where everyone's gone um, in free agency. But I just think I just can't see them taking a quarterback this year with this few draft picks. I just think it would be a wasted exercise. I don't know. Do, do, do you agree or not? I agree. I, I can't see it happening. And again, you know, Steelers traditionally most of the time like to draft the best talent available. You know, so if some something crazy happens and one of these top ranked guys falls, it could happen. They they could do it, but other than that, I think that I think the chances are slim that they that they draft a quarterback at all this this draft. Yeah, totally, totally don't see it happening. I know a lot of people are talking about Jalen Hurts as being a a quarterback. I think it's crazy, right? I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I think he's got a lot of buzz about him because of his character and then. You know, he's the, the, the kind of this year's mobile quarterback. I, I I don't think he's in the same league as some of the mobile quarterbacks we've seen coming out recently. I don't know. Do you, do you agree or not? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he is either. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd think that would be a massive mistake if they took on, on a year where the Steelers are so short of draft picks to take a guy that I said last week, you know, is you'd be a backup to, to Dobbs. You know, I mean, why, why do you want that? Yeah, right? exactly. A similar skill set. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, so I agree with you, Gav. I think the quarterbacks can kind of take a little bit of a back burner. I think most people can kind of go out on their own and understand what the top tier quarterbacks are. Obviously, we've got kind of Joe Burrow, we've got, don't make me say it, Tua Gav and Gavin Gibbon a little bit lower. Um, <laughs> You've got a whole nation. You know, Herbert and Love and and then and then Easton. So, you know, people know the names and we'll get to that as we go along. But but the more important point for the Steelers is looking at the defensive side, we'll get to the D line, the the inside linebackers and as we get to the the edge rushes and and the safeties and the cornerbacks. We'll we'll get there. And I I don't think that the corner sorry, that the quarterbacks are particularly important for us right now. Yeah. So yeah, I think the defensive side of the ball is far more important for us to kind of update everyone on at this point, if you agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's some, definitely some quite juicy D-line prospects. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah. All right. So, so so, with that in mind then, and obviously, I mean, given that Dave isn't here, we normally at this point go to a kind of a, a, a lamb-based meat corner. Um <laughs> Uh, has anyone got anything? I mean, I don't. Well, I, I, I'm really interested to hear about it. The, the, the only problem is that most of the people in the UK haven't seen the Mandalorian yet. I'm in, the, I'm in a lucky, a lucky group in that a friend of a friend works for Star Wars magazine. Would you believe it? Um, I'm not going to say what he does there because I'll give it away. But he, he gave my friend a, a, a code to watch a. Uh, copy and that code was then passed on to me so i have seen it um uh, it is a sure fantastic series sorry uh, i was saying sure he did yeah yeah i didn't download it i promise you it's <laughs> illegal it's you know it's people have broken the rules of various you know multinational corporations to get me this but um <laughs> you know I, I i didn't personally break any rules uh 
and 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 the reason why we can't watch it is because Sky own the rights to Disney, and 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 they they can't launch their their own platform here until March. Um, so that must be must be coming up now, right? I mean, what a terrible time to be launched. Anyway, maybe it's a great time to be launching your your uh, multi, uh, you know, your platform to all your content. Yeah, um, but um, but what a great series! And and if you haven't seen it or you don't know anything about it, I mean, I, I think it's the best Star Wars thing to be made since possibly Return of the Jedi or or you know those classics. I think it's a really good thing. And uh, and Rich, you were you were you were you were in you were in both of them actually, weren't you? And um, this how how is this one this latest the second series? Don't give anything away, please, because I don't spoil it obviously. But um, oh, no, I'm sure I, you no, I wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, I worked on a few episodes, and and um, you know you know how it is. I mean, they're certainly putting a lot of money into it. They have the technology that they're using on set is like something I've never seen before. This yeah. is the LCD back projection, right? Yes. Yeah. It's 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 massive, and it's it's so impressive. The, the the some of the things they can do with it. You you look down if you're about, you know, you could be twenty feet away from it and look at it and look, think that something is actually right there that's not. It's so well done. Hey, uh, Rich. Sorry uh, for the uninitiated. What do you mean by that? What what is what is this technology? Well, it's these these panels, these LCD panels, that that uh, that wrap around uh, a, a, one of the stages where they where they they use them specifically, and you can put any background there that you want, um, and it looks. I mean, it looks real. I mean, it's so you have to understand how how things have been done up until this point. This is this is a massive game changer. Um, up until up in, for the last. Uh, I don't know how long, 10, 10, 20 years, maybe from the original. I think actually the original uh, Star Wars helped develop the the blue screen and green screen technology. But we've we've been in a green screen and blue screen world, right, where you, you're filming in in kind of in this kind of weird environment where it's just all the walls are one color, mm-hmm. right? And 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 now and now what Rich is talking about is now is now the, the walls aren't one color. That you're looking at a screen which is showing. The, the the background of the set that you're wanting to see so you're you're seeing a world on on the walls of the studio <laughs> and as you shoot shoot into the action you shoot the actors doing their bits you're seeing the world projected behind them on these these fantastic lcd screens that adapt and move according to where the camera is am, am i right rich is that yeah. is that is that kind yeah. of fair you're, appraisal you're exactly right yeah yeah it's I'm, it's really something to see it, it's really really impressive um and so I, so I worked a lot on that stage and uh, it's, you know how it is. It's, it's hard to get a feeling for something unless you're there every day and you're seeing every, everything that's shot. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a part of it. So I don't get to, I don't really get a feel for how great it's going to be, but I can tell you this, there are some things that are coming up in that second season that, is going to really people are going to really be, be getting excited about i mean it's <laughs> like it's really cool and i i guessed one of them i was like whoa wait a second is this and they're like yep and i'm like oh my <laughs> god people are going to be blown away by it. if you're a star wars fan you're going to you're going to love it for sure so i i think i think the second season may end up even being better than the first um, right uh, what, what i think that's excited huh what what's what's uh, what you're kind of you know is is exciting me and what you're saying here because you haven't said that to me before, but um is is the, the the first series 
without spoiling it, um, it kind of stuck away from some of the tropes we've seen wheeled out in in the more recent trilogies where it feels like fan service. You know, it feels like now you're going to see the Millennium Falcon and you're going to see, you know, this character, that character, so that you can sit in the theatre and you can cheer and you can feel like you're being gratified gratified as a Star Wars fan. The first season of, of Mandalorian completely was a total gear change away from that, where it's like, let's just tell... A, a completely different story that's set within the Star Wars universe, right? And 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 it works. It's much more engaging. You don't feel like you're being ripped off. It doesn't feel like a big budget thing. I mean, it's big budget, but it doesn't feel like you know. It, you, you just feel like you're watching a piece of quality entertainment in a, in a universe that, if you're a Star Wars fan, you feel very comfortable in. And it sounds to me like they're now starting perhaps to introduce some things back into it that will that will please the fans, but isn't just a kind of fan grab kind of thing. So that, that's exciting for me. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, um, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting on something there. I, I, I can say that. <laughs> I can't uh, say much yeah. more. I don't, I don't want to say anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to say what wasn't in the first series. And, and I, I, I don't really want to imagine what, what, what will be in this one, but it, I, I think it'll be cool. I got to say as well, um, we, uh, my daughter, so we, we, we've kind of, you know, I'm I'm a kind of Star Wars guy, so I've I've watched a few Star Wars films with her. But we 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 went back and we I said let's you know you're seven now that's that's the ideal age for Star Wars. Let's let's watch them all through in order, right? And and so being a kind of purist, semi purist, I started with the Phantom Menace, and then we've been moving through. Um, we went after the original prequel. I went to Rogue One. Because I feel that fits into that 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 original story arc quite nicely. Then we moved on to A New Hope, and and Rich, you'll be amazed to know we got to the uh, the Obi Wan fight scene, and I actually paused the movie, <laughs> flipped over, flipped over, and put on the uh, scene <laughs> reimagined Darth Vader uh, fight that you you helped to create because that fits in so well, and it makes such a better experience for for oh. her. <laughs> and then flipped back, carried on the movie, and and she did. She barely noticed it. You know, we, sometimes we pause the movie. It was just like a normal pause in the movie, and we just carried on. It was <laughs> great. great and, for and kids. It, it really added to the the whole thing, and and really because she'd seen the whole Obi Wan Kenobi arc, and if if you're watching it like that, it really gives his story a a, a worthy ending. So I just wanted to sort of say thank you <laughs> for All doing right. that, and it, it was. It was great, man. It was really, awesome. really, really good. So I, maybe you need to explain. You can explain better than me what 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 I'm talking about there. Well, that that's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that because that that, that I, I mean I, I love Star Wars. I grew up loving Star Wars, and and just being a part of that was thrilling for me. So to hear that it, you know, something I did like that is is contributing to others enjoying Star Wars as well. That that that's cool. That really makes me happy. But um, you're talking about scene 38 reimagined that we did um, this little thing that me and a, a bunch of my buddies did that we're all in we're all in the industry uh, a little short and it's basically the fight between Obi Wan and Darth that took place on the Death Star in, in, in A New Hope and um, we just up, updated it you know it was it, oh, it's a little dated. Fun. So we just made it. We made it a little more exciting, and we updated. We didn't go crazy with it. We didn't completely go into like modern day choreography. We just kind of updated a little bit and made it a little longer. And um, and um, 
yeah, it just it just kind of gave him a fitting ending. You brought back because when that film was made, they didn't have the history of of, of Anakin and 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 you know him, the master kind of apprentice. And you kind of introduced that nicely, and you had the, the audio clip of you know the, some of the things that had happened in the other movies playing over the. It, it's really well done, and yeah, I think it. I think it's canon now. I think that should be canon. It should be. I mean, me, me and my girlfriend both watched it, and it is. It's yeah. It should be. It, it should be canon. Yeah, that's. I I, I love hearing that because that's you know you know how you know Star Wars fans are really really they can be brutal <laughs> difficult you know, yeah for sure. And and I swear I I think I think I saw one person badmouth it. I, I it's like ninety nine percent of people loved it, and so many people because I would read the, you know, when we first released it, I'd read the comments every day just to see how we were doing with the with the public, and so many people said that very same thing. This is canon for me. I I, I mean I'm I'm going to edit this into my Star Wars copy that I have, and this is going this is now canon, and that's. You can't get a from a Star Wars fan, especially. You can't get a bigger compliment than that. And I actually, I, I told uh, John Favreau. I had had asked John Favreau about it if he, you know, if he'd seen. It. He goes, "Oh yeah." He goes, "That that was great." You know, I thought, "Oh okay." I, I worked on. It. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I he goes, I really loved it." You know, so that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, cool man. Great. So it's it's just to be clear, it's available on YouTube for anyone to watch, right? So just go and check it out. Go and like it. Yeah. It's, so, so it's what's cool. the what's the name of the video, uh, Rich? It's Star Wars Scene Thirty Eight Reimagined. Okay, so Star Wars and, Scene Thirty Eight. Yeah, and I think if if after you watched it, you could. There's also some behind the scenes stuff. So if you're is, interested yeah. to know how how it was made, and and maybe you can check out Rich in his kind of half half. Yeah, you, uh, you certainly see a lot uniform. of Rich. Yeah, you see a lot of Rich behind the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's cool. So, uh, so uh, the Mandalorian finished just in time for you. Did they actually finish shooting? Do you know, or did they yeah. did they get shut down? Oh, great. So they they, they yeah, they were able to get it in right before the it got crazy. That's oh. good news. So for for the Star Wars fans out there, that'll be coming. You know, hopefully sometime. Yeah. When is it this year? Hopefully, probably maybe a beginning of next that, year. I don't know. I'm not sure what the release schedule is. Well, that's that's the last thing we'll get before you know the quarantine ends all entertainment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I recently watched the first episode of uh, the Mandalorian because I, obviously I know Gav has uh, sourced it from his very legal means. But for me, um, I went to the cinema and watched the first episode the other day. Um, Can you watch it in the cinema? Yeah, I watched it in the cinema. Yeah, the first episode uh-huh. um, because Cineworld were doing like a preview because Disney Plus comes out next week, right? In the UK, I know. Right. Yeah, okay, right. Americans, ridiculous. Um, so Disney Plus were doing it's basically kind of an advertisement they were like oh you know here's this episode of The Mandalorian um, please sign up to Disney Plus but obviously I already had so I just went along and I got a free like BB-8 mug and like a free jar of sweets but the point is it was the last day before SeaWorld closed uh, for the quarantine so you know I was happy to go anyway because I'd seen every other film that was out um yeah, it was cool. I, I kind of stuck around. I watched the whole thing. They had a whole like um, trailer for the rest of the season and the final season of The Clone Wars. And Yeah, I mean, the first episode was awesome, so I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Yeah, it doesn't drop off, man. It's good. Nice. It's very good. So, yeah, it's exciting. Something to look forward to. Maybe when we're all coming out of quarantine <laughs> and we're all kind of <laughs> up, up, appearing from our doors with oh. kind of a new, yeah. new look in our eyes, we can enjoy watching... 
Mandalorian season two. <laughs> That's what's keeping me going, man. Like, what what's going to be uh, when I come out of quarantine, seeing everyone for the first time? That's going to be uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to yeah. be a big one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so th- this was the uh, the first quar- the uh, the first Corona cast, I think, is what I've named it. Um, right. So, I mean, listen, I. <laughs> We'll see how this goes. I mean, either this is going to be the first Corona cast of, like, you know, three, or this is going to be the first Corona cast of, you know, 67 Corona casts. So. Yeah. yeah we, the, world, the world wants to know. And, um, you know, and it's going to impact. Maybe we're going to have so much time we're going to be able to deep dive into all the other position Ugh. groups and really get into it. Or, or we're not going to feel like it. We're going to be like learning how to make wiggle baskets or whatever it is everyone's talking about doing on YouTube. So we'll see how it maybe goes. we'll be too distracted doing that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a voyage of discovery for us all. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> but what what I can guarantee is that we will be doing it every week. Yeah. So yeah. um yeah. yeah. I mean, the main struggle for me is that I feel like this is so irrelevant. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to say that in like a negative way, but just in the sense that I'm, I mean, listen, I'm very, I'm a very anxious person, but I, I spend so much time of my day right now researching coronavirus and, and it's current I think you, This is my thing. I, I, so, I, someone said to me, you know, this is going to replace Netflix yeah, and chill. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. scrolling Twitter, you know, scrolling pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just 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 try not to scroll, scroll and pan it too much, you know. Just we've got to we've got to we've got to remember yeah. what we had and what we can get back to, and you know it, we'll get through this. It'll be fine. I am trying, and yeah, listen. Let's not focus too deep on it. But the point is that um, I may struggle a little bit to be as as focused as I normally am. But listen, we'll get there, and uh, Rich's Mandalorian will get me there, and that's the main thing because it comes out in like four days. So well, as long as the Steelers aren't based basing their draft picks on who's got the best name and who has the best uniform when you know John <laughs> Swift <laughs> yeah. get hasty and swift get them both <laughs> oh dear right well this has been a long one anyway so thank you for sticking with us um we'll be with you each week um hopefully rich rich are you a little bit more available now or, uh, don't, don't I, put you in I definitely am i'm, awesome. I'm in lockdown over here <laughs> in lockdown there's, there's no excuse um <laughs> so, so rich will stick around dave hopefully we'll be back soon uh when uh, yeah comes. get well soon dave hope you're back yeah, well dave uh, and we'll all be back next week. So thank you so much for listening to us. Um, follow the podcast at UK Steelers Pod. Uh, me at Cy wrote this. Uh, follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt Batman, and follow Dave at uh, This Is Dave Hart. Is that right? Something like that. Uh, don't follow uh, Gavin, please. Because anywhere. Yeah, because I mean he is on lockdown, and if you dare follow him on a social media platform. <laughs> He may come for you. Uh, I've I don't... got sharp sticks and nasty wordy yeah, letters. I, I don't want to be responsible for that. So, uh, yeah, don't do that. Um, enjoy. Listen, wash your hands, please, for, for 20 seconds. Sing the national anthem. Um, just, just just anything. Just just don't spread the virus. Um... <laughs> All don't right. be a dick. Goodbye, guys. We'll see you next week. Nice one. See you later. See you later. See you later. Bye.